Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. We're thankful for the 20 good minutes the Flyers can pull out a night. Yeah, let's go with that. Happy Thanksgiving. Craig, you all ready for Thanksgiving, buddy? Uh, yeah, man. I'm very ready. I... Pretty excited about that Cowboys Redskins game. Uh, oh boy, Colt McCoy. Yeah, that's all you had to say. McCoy versus Dak. That's what every Colt versus Dak. What everybody's been waiting that for. Matchup America deserves right now. <laughs> America's game of the week. Uh, what if they started just advertising the Wednesday night hockey as Canada's game of the week? <laughs> Oh. Nobody, I mean, nobody really cares to start with on a national level, but even less people will care if it's advertised as Canada's Game of the Week. America's 10th live sporting option. <laughs> like, that'll be it. Uh, yeah, they, I, I think I, I like how they retooled it because everybody was definitely making fun of the uh, Wednesday night rivalry. rivalry night. By the way, I'm watching the shitty basketball game. There we got a guy named Bryce Brown. That was the name of the the Eagles quarterback, right? I mean, not the quarterback, running back like years ago. Wasn't that Bryce Treggs? No, no, no. Bryce Treggs, a receiver. I, I thought it was There's Bryce. multiple Bryces. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, the last couple of seasons before. Uh... Let's see here. Well, and of course, there's the, the Flyers defenseman Bryce Samuelson from a few years back. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, no, Bryce Brown. How can you forget Bryce? <laughs> yeah, Bryce Brown. He was uh, somebody. Let's see. Brown was believed to be the top running back prospect from Kansas since Barry Sanders. And uh, he had some good games with uh, those very shitty Eagles teams. Uh, Fumbled like once every six carries, and then they uh, traded him. Brown was traded to the Eagles for a 2014 seventh round pick. Oh, no. uh, With a uh, 2014 seventh. For Bills, 2015th, 4th, and 2014th, 7th, uh, 7th round pick. Man, you want to talk some irrelevance. Yeah, Bryce Brown. We're in it. Bryce Brown was definitely hitting that. Bryce Brown was like uh, the middle of that 4-12 and 12 season when they were in the middle of that. I I don't I forget how many games they lost in a row, but they started off 3-1 and one and finished 4-12. and 12, And the NHL was in a lockout, so all you had to look forward to all week was the Eagles getting pounded on Sunday. <laughs> that was uh that was a pretty rough time in uh Philly sports history right there. That was uh that, that wasn't cool. It wasn't my favorite. It's not great at this exact moment either, but Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look. You're right. I got nothing. I mean, the the teams are the Sixers seem to be the only uh ray of hope. 
right now. The Sixers, the Sixers are very exciting. We've got Jimmy Butler on the Sixers now. Joel Embiid is playing at an MVP level. Yeah, the Sixers are awesome. They're a lot of fun. I don't know anything about the Phillies. The Phillies. Well, here's the problem. There's two giant free agents in baseball. The Phillies are interested in both of them, and nothing else will happen in free agency until those guys sign. Mm. So Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, still nothing has happened with them signing. So the hot stove is incredibly cold at the moment. Interesting. All right. Well, do you, do you think either are coming to Philly? I think one of them's coming to Philly. No? I don't know which one. Oh, okay. But I think one of them is. They're pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. You get Mike cool. Trout in a couple yeah, years. I mean, Thanksgiving, we got we got Washington, Dallas, which sounds terrible. We have Chicago, Detroit, <laughs> which sounds terrible. And we have Atlanta, New Orleans, which actually sounds great. I, I, yeah, does it, though? Because the Falcons also lost to the Browns this week. And I know the Browns are new and improved or whatever, but they still got three wins. I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like true. the Saints are going to roll over the Falcons, too. Probably. But, you know, Julio Jones involved. Julio Jones. <laughs> Julio Jones. That's your argument. <laughs> I don't know. He's excited. <laughs> there's not hockey to watch on Thanksgiving, Craig. There's yeah. one hockey game tonight. It's Tuesday. Thanksgiving is two days away. For some reason, yeah, the NHL is scheduled basically every game for tomorrow night. And one game at 1030 at night tonight, because the NHL scheduling is just amazing. What is that game again? It's not like Edmonton, San Jose, which... Oh, is kind of exciting we're, we're gonna, regarding. We're going to get into this later, yeah. but uh, Edmonton made a move today, so that little debut. Yeah, not shocking to me because they're a pretty dumb organization. But I mean, it is news. Extremely dumb. Yeah, that's pretty big news. It is. That's uh, that's the single solitary NHL game tonight, and then everybody has to play Wednesday. This is one of the weirdest things about playing fantasy hockey <laughs> is that yeah, is that you have like. Everybody plays like three nights and then you have guys you have to bench because they all play on like the same three nights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I started trying to do a thing where I have one spot that is just a spot I do not care about. And I will routinely because our league allows seven ads per week. So each day of the week, I will just drop a guy and pick up another guy. It's worked in years past. It's not working this year. Because uh, I forget to do some days, and then I forget to set my lineup, and then my team gets wrecked. But it works a lot of the time. I'll go with that. That's my that's my stance. That's fantasy hockey advice right there. Didn't you <laughs> used to write a fantasy hockey column? Fake hockey players faithful. Yeah, yeah. It was. I'll t- I'll say this. It was a lot better than what I just said. So I was. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, it was definitely. I thought of it more than. Uh, a shitty story for this podcast two minutes ago. Put a little more effort into it. A little. Just a little. Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Yeah, I forgot I did that. Thanksgiving coming up, Craig. Thanksgiving coming up. What's What are you looking forward to on Thanksgiving? What's your What's your side game? What are you going for? Yeah, see, again, I mean, I'm thinking, I, I think the two sides I look forward to the most are stuffing and cranberry sauce. Yeah. I don't know. That's you're gonna have to rattle off more because I'm sure there are things I'm forgetting about now. But those are probably the two that come to mind when I think of Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. I'm I am a mashed potato man. I am I all mashed about potatoes mashed potatoes. Yeah. Stuff them in me. 
I will die of potato inhalation and I'll die happy. Thank you. Mashed potatoes, gravy, and I'm a big, big lover of biscuits. Give me a big fluffy oh, yeah. biscuit. Yeah, you know day. what? Biscuits is probably at the top of the list there. See, I was thinking of stuffing because stuffing, you don't, unless you're a weirdo, you don't have stuffing any other time of the year. Mashed potatoes, I've already had like twice this week. Stuffing for breakfast, stuffing for lunch, stuffing for dessert. When you put stuffing on a bagel, you can have stuffing anytime. Is that what you're going for? That's, yeah, that's what I'm going for. It's a, stu- it's a new product that we're endorsing on Flyperbole. It's bagel stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you from Elio's. We created it five years ago. Still looking for that first sale. It's not coming. But uh, we're going to keep you know, I on thought it. We had, I thought we were very close with nabisco a couple years ago and and they pulled out at the last second and i couldn't believe it yeah which is the gall yeah what a bunch of assholes typical nabisco though you know what i mean just the way of the business <laughs> if you know what i mean i think you do i think we're all on the same page here but what other okay so what other sides are, are usually up there isn't there like a like green beans green beans uh, that's gotta be dead some last people go, everybody i mean it's a green some people make these casseroles these elaborate casseroles, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, no, no thanks. It's a hard yeah, pass no, right you. there. I've never been a big cranberry sauce person. I mean, uh, never, it's, never got into it. It's fine. I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't have too many strong feelings on sides, turkey sides, but. What about, uh, what about like sweet potatoes? Ooh. Sweet potatoes are fine. I like sweet potatoes. I used to hate them when I was younger. And then uh, I, I don't I've know. never quite gotten them myself. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what apparently. it is. Yeah. And then, well, people love them. People love. Oh, sweet yeah. They lose their shit for they lose their shit. They're like, <laughs> bro, are there sweet potatoes in here? <laughs> for a side, you might eat hand them over three times a year. People treat sweet potatoes like, yeah, it, like Haley's comment. Like it's the it's the last time we're going to ever eat sweet potatoes in your life. And you've got to do it that day. <laughs> it's like you've just got to house these orange potatoes or you're never going to get them again. I mean, they're starting to go everywhere now, too. And everybody has sweet potato fries. Everybody's Everybody has sweet potato fries. Every last place out there has sweet potato fries. Do you want to do you ever upgrade to the sweet potato fries when they they offer? I have before. Uh, it's I forget. Uh, I, I think it might be Outback, but somebody makes like a really good dipping sauce with it. OK, so I'm good. such a fry aficionado that I, i'm like no it, it's i'm offended by this question yeah it, there's very few times when i have a burger or like a steak or something and i'm like i'm feeling sweet potato fries just give me just spice it up i'm like i usually just want we gotta have some variety regular vessels potatoes it's steak and potatoes not steak and sweet potatoes and i'll tell you that uh, this is the problem with society this is america yeah. everyone's getting soft. you better treat it like america yeah good day sir <laughs> Everybody wants it sweet and, you know, tasty. No. Give me the raw stuff. Just give it to me straight. Work that nine to five shit while eating a meal and just get it over with. <laughs> you feeling po- Is Philly sports finally getting to you, Craig? Like, you're just... I'm fucking done with the Eagles, man. <laughs> 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 That's where I'm at. I don't know how this fucking team... It's 95% the same roster, and they really didn't lose any big names. And this team is just completely different in every single way. Like, there hasn't been a fun game all year. If you asked me, like, what the worst possible scenario for 
I don't know, mid mid season for the Eagles would be would be pretty much this. Like people are looking so hard for scapegoats that they're they're reaching out for Mike Grow, oh, the yeah. offensive coordinator. Like Mike Grow is the worst offensive coordinator I've ever Everybody seen. Everybody hates Mike Grow. Granted, he doesn't seem to be doing a very good job, but that's kind of, it seems like the kind of scenario where somebody learned one guy's name and like that's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy we're blaming. It's Mike Grow. Gotta be this Grow guy. Yeah, I, I think it I, I just I don't know what the problem. But then, like, and, you know, other people are like, "Was Carson Wentz ever good?" Yeah, that's still is Carson Wentz clutch. Like, come on, guys. That's still my favorite narrative is uh, we can't have nice things. He's messed up two possibly game tying drives in non playoff games, and now we're like, "Oh my god, is is he clutch?" Oh, like, ah. is he clutch? <laughs> is is he even worth? having in philadelphia it's like have any this of these games positive guy who pulls rabbits out of his ass routinely <laughs> not out of a hat out of his ass that's how amazing he is sometimes by the way speaking of pulling rabbits out of body parts jason wood did make fun of his pulling a rabbit out of his head statement last night which i had to give him props for recognizing that he messed up and said yeah, that like yeah. a month ago so if somebody's willing to embrace their faults like that and uh you know poke a little fun at a, a very stupid thing they've said uh yeah more props yeah. to you i i appreciate that yeah so i mean that's why i'm not polite eating, uh, sweet potatoes uh during thanksgiving but uh yeah so what uh yeah i mean the eagles i i don't know i i i kind of just want them to lose the rest of their games and get a better draft pick i don't even care if they win the division now like what are they gonna do they're gonna finish as the four seed maybe win the first playoff game and then they're going to get absolutely smacked around by the the Rams or the Saints. Like they're not beating any way you cut it. I don't think there's any way they beat either of those teams. Right. I got nothing. I got, I mean, there's not, I think, and the thing too, that's like weird is I hope they bring back the exact same team. Cause I think, I really think it's just like complacency is what's taking place this year complacency maybe some tiredness yeah. and injuries have been hard yeah the injuries the have been secondary horrible. is like, like i think they they're gonna start recruiting people off the street for the secondary soon. i i think and i've said it a couple times uh to people i work with and i'll, I'll say it here now i think the eagles might be a dark horse for levy on bell if we're uh you like a spicy take yeah because i mean the ground game this lighten year, up the hot stove the light- hot, sto- hot stove is not active for baseball right now <laughs> But Craig oh, is lighting it the hell up some, for the NFL for months from now. Months podcast. from now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, sign him. Use the first-round draft pick on somebody on the other line, or the secondary, I guess. I, I think my thing is I just want them to always, you know, you always win on the line, and that's how they won last year because they had probably the best offensive and defensive lines in football. And uh, offensive line, I'm pretty sure Jason Peters might die next year, so they probably need to tackle. Uh, the defensive line, they need to get. I mean, they might be losing Graham, right? That's the big thing. Isn't he a free agent? Ah, uh, could be the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure either, but probably need another end. They need another D tackle because they've spent. If he's like fucking Trayvon Hester for most this year or something, and he is uh, exactly what he sounds like, <laughs> which is uh, a nobody. <laughs> I really like that we talked a little bit about Philly sports being bad, and you just 
ripped on an Eagles You were like, I fully... I've got my chance, yeah. and I am taking this. I finally this. got a platform to say, God damn it, Eagles. That's what I want to say. Last year was fun. It was great. But now I'm spending most of the season just wondering, like, what the hell happened last year? Like, what was last year's team? I, I'm thinking of plays. Like, I, I've, there was a play last year in the Super Bowl where Jason Kelsey blocked two people on the same play. Not like he blocked somebody, got off that guy, and then went to the next level. Like, he had one guy on his right hand and another guy on his left hand, and Clement was running behind him. And now this year, the O-line gives Carson Wentz, like, half a second to throw a pass. I'm just like, what the fuck happened? Like, what happened to all of you? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I, You've confused. got a point. You've got a point. So, <laughs> so in summary, Eagles, what the fuck, yeah, bro? bro well, come uh, on, bro. What the... Phillies waiting for Machado or Harper. Big shrug emoji until now. <laughs> Sixers, a lot of fun. Jimmy Butler's around. Awesome. Great. And then that takes us to the subject of this podcast, the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. I think we should talk about the Wings or the Union first and then get into the Flyers. <laughs> I think we should talk about the Wings. <laughs> we should talk about Wingston. Which I did not know was the mascot's name until last week, I think. And that is that is a grade A mascot nickname. Oh, 100 percent. By the way, I still I saw Harvey the Hound in highlights last night, and I'm still a little bit envious. Because, I mean, I you love Harvey the Hound. You put a top hat and a tie on any kind of animal, and I think I'm in. I think that's my that's my personal stance on mascots. You put a lot of clothing accessories on an animal and I'll I'll be, I'll hey. be a fan. You dressing that mascot up? I'm in. <laughs> like, if you put a trench coat and a tie on a kangaroo, that's my new mascot. Like, that's my favorite mascot. I, I don't know. Detective kangaroo. <laughs> the Des Moines I mean, I'm PIs. into it. I'm yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. But <laughs> So, the other teams, not so great, except for, you know, I'll give the Sixers props. Uh, they made a big move. They're good. But you've got the Flyers, then who are still very much the most mediocre team in sports. Nine, nine, and two. I will say this. They don't get to mediocre in the most mediocre way, though. They get a, a nice, long, roundabout way to get there. Absolutely weirdest way in every game. Like, you talk about inconsistency between games. It's not even inconsistency between games. It's inconsistency between periods. You have no idea in a given <laughs> period <laughs> which flyers are going to show up. Yeah. I mean, look, I knew they were going to lose on Saturday. I, I figured they were going to lose. You know, they're going up against the Lightning and you have uh, Cal Pickard net. Not usually a formula for success. I didn't think they'd get there by uh, scoring four goals in the third to tie it up in the final 10 minutes. That seems a little obnoxious in my opinion. Like maybe just keep it close throughout the game without the whole, you know, last push hurrah and then ultimately losing in overtime. But they, uh, that's how they did it. And I feel like they always have those types of games because you're right. They just, it's every other, you know, usually more times than not, they have a really bad first period because they're still, I don't know, still waking up, still working off the melatonin or whatever. And then sometimes in the second, they'll come out, they'll look, They'll get a little good. You know, they'll have some pushback. And then in the third period, it's just like after 40 minutes, they're like, oh, fuck, guys, we're losing. We should probably, uh, we got to score goals here, right? And then they all just come out like they've all pounded a big-ass can of Red Bull, and they're just flying around the ice, and the other team just doesn't spend any time in the offensive zone. Jake Voracek looks up. 
ah, I'll go to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I get, I guess I could see Jake Voracek looks like a guy that probably sleeps until the middle of the day. Like he seems like a a weird, a weird dude that doesn't show up to work on time, but maybe just doesn't focus until halfway through his job. But, looks- but then when he shows up, he does his job so spectacularly well yeah, just like... that you can't fire the guy. <laughs> In fact, you have to pay the guy eight plus million dollars. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, Voracek is something we could, uh, something I could harp on real quick, which I don't think I even put in the outline, but I feel like if the special teams are going to suck this year, which the peak... Are gonna! The, yeah, the PK, there's no hope. Power play, I think there's a chance, I think there's a pretty good chance they're going to turn around, mainly because I think J, J, or, uh, JVR is the, the key to that. But if the special teams are going to be mediocre at best, uh, you're probably going to need your top two lines to really dominate throughout the game. And if, I feel like the top line is going to be there for the rest of the season. But the second line so far this season, and it's because they have you know two-thirds of the line are pretty young kids and Patrick and Lindblom, they're inconsistent. And there are games where they show up and games they don't. The games they don't show up, it'd be nice to see Voracek kind of take over that line. Because most of the time, it feels like, I mean, what was it? Our podcast two weeks ago, we talked about Limblom and Patrick, and like Voracek was on that line then. He, he just feels like a passenger this season, which is it's not even like he's playing bad. Like he's had games where he's taken over, but there, most nights it just feels like he is the third man in that operation to me. And it'll be nice on the nights where they're quiet, or like on. On Saturday, where uh, Limblom and Patrick really didn't do too much, it'd be nice if Voracek would kind of uh, be the dude. Yeah, be the dude. Step up his uh, his speed game or whatever. I feel like when he's on, he, he's the fastest player on the ice. Yeah, you know, Craig, uh, I've had this opinion okay. for a long time. I haven't expressed <laughs> it before, but there there's a reason that that Jake Voracek don't have an A on him. If he was a real leader, he'd have a letter. He don't have a letter, so. I'll hang up and listen, but thanks for uh, making the show. You know, you're joking about that, but Valtteri Filippo left this town with an A, and the Islanders look pretty damn good this season. So, you hang up and you listen, because I've got things to say about I mean, this too. They they're they're a hockey team. The Islanders? Yeah. Uh, they're currently in the playoffs, I believe. Good sir, I believe they are the three. Yeah, uh, no, they're they're outside the playoffs. Right? Oh, they are. Okay, never mind that. Yeah, uh, new. I don't know. The the thing is, the Islanders had a nice stretch, but I I don't. Oh, they know. I don't they are a hundred percent coming back down there at some point. Like they are, I think uh, they had like the biggest disparity in goals for percentage and expected goals for percentage at one time. It was like fifteen percent, which is, uh, yeah, like you're just you're gonna come back down there. There's no way you can sustain that the whole season. So don't get me wrong, wrong. A lot of credit to Barry Trotz for what he has done with. Oh that. yeah basically assembly of band-aids and duct tape that he's coaching yeah it's not a good but... team no it's really it's not, not. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no make no doubt about it there's no way to look at that team and be stoked about it i mean if that team i feel like if that team made the playoffs it might be a bigger surprise to me than the devil's team that made the playoffs last year maybe yeah i think so but i think so they were projected to be one of the worst teams in the league, not just the East, but in the league. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Don't get me wrong. They're doing better than the team we root for, so yeah. props to them. 
but they're not doing that much better. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah, Playing they, the world I don't want to pretend like they're they're killing it right now, but they're, they're doing pretty good. Don't get me wrong. They got 22 points in 19 games. Uh, however, the standings make zero sense right now. I mean, the some things do. Toronto and Tampa Bay, one and two in the Atlantic. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Columbus up there. Yeah, it makes some sense. Uh, Washington. Rangers being where they're at makes zero Absolutely sense. Absolutely no sense, yeah. Islanders being where they're at makes no sense. The Senators at 21 points. I don't get it. And to my great satisfaction, the Penguins being dead yeah, let's last talk about this. is nuts. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about this because it's Thanksgiving and I think we should, uh, should have a little fun since the Eagles are dead to me and the Flyers are still doing Flyer stuff. Just spice it up. Talk Flyers going to fly Talk about how the Penguins are uh, looking like a pretty bad hockey team right now. And I don't know. So right now, so for for context, Crosby has been out the last three games with a classic case of the UBI. Coming back soon, but mumps back. He got the mumps again. <laughs> he's got the he's got the mumps and grind. Uh, and the Penguins are currently on a four game losing streak, zero three and one. They won uh, five games ago. And before that, they had a five-game losing streak. So over the last ten games, they're one seven and two. So it's not like Crosby's out. You know, this team is floundering, and it makes sense that he'll right the ship when he comes back and everything. So they they've kind of had other issues. And uh, what I just said about the Islanders about having a big difference between actual goals for percentage and expected goals for percentage. The Penguins have a fifty point five five goals for percentage and a forty nine. 0.95 expect the goals for a percentage. So a difference of 0.6, which means they're not really getting lucky or unlucky. They're kind of getting what they deserve. Like what the production they're putting out there on the ice is what's usually going in the back of the net for them. So yeah. there's no indica- indication in that number that they're, you know, they should be to have a more productive season going forward. They have a, exactly 100 PDL. So they're not, again, middle of the road not lucky or unlucky, right in the middle. Uh, and Matt Murray has sucked pretty bad. Like, hilariously bad, which is great. Uh, it's great that we can laugh at someone's goaltending situation. Yeah. Like, that's how Matt Murray's been doing. Yeah, it, it, it is pretty nice, because he was the reason that, you know, we had nightmares for two seasons. Uh, 877 save percentage, 4.08 goals against average. Uh, and then one of the advanced stats for goaltending is a differential in save percentage. So again, expect the save percentage and save percentage. And he's minus 1.65. So he's making less than 1.65 of the saves than I guess like a, a replacement level goalie would make, which puts him 31 of 35 goalies with uh, 405, 405 and five minutes this season. So not not good. Not good at all. Casey DeSmith has been fine. 923 save percentage, um, and he's breaking even in that differential save percentage stat. But uh, I think Matt Murray's been their biggest problem, I guess, and they aren't getting as much secondary scoring as they would hope, which is kind of funny for that to be a Penguins concern because they've won championships with uh, Riley Shahan and uh, Brian Rust. Well, Shahan wasn't there, but Brian Rust, Connor Sheary. Uh, They're pretty much the kings of like 
Yeah, here's a guy. Yeah. He can skate. Jake, Jake Gensel is one of your stars on the team now because he's totally not a product of us uh, in Crosby, apparently. Like, these are guys that you've considered secondary scoring before, so they really must not be doing much this season. I think the big problem, too, is they're still, um, they're still allowing a lot of uh, high-danger chances against. They're 26 in the league with 2.63 expected goals against per 60. So they still have the mentality of... They the last couple of seasons they've been a fast team that likes to play end to end hockey and they'll produce a lot of high quality chances for it, but they'll go give up a lot of high quality chances against. And the reason why they won in twenty sixteen was Matt Murray would always come through with like three or four big breakaway saves a game. Fleury did that for us in twenty seventeen. And then last year they pretty much I mean they were pretty much the same team, but they didn't they weren't as explosive and then the caps were just hungrier, I guess. And then this year they aren't producing as many chances, and it seems like they've gotten they've lost some speed. And I guess maybe with guys like Sherry and Hagelin, that might be a problem. Uh, and the goalies just aren't. I mean, DeSmith at nine twenty three is pretty good, but Matt Murray is your guy, and he's well below. He's posting like Flyers numbers here, which is not going to work in the uh, the Penguin system. And it's and like I was saying last week to defend Dave Haxtell. Temporarily, because I'm over that with a. Uh, You're already back yeah, on the hate days. Uh, yeah, his lineup change today at practice. Uh, you know, show me a good goalie, show me a good coach. Uh, Mike Solomon is not exactly getting great goaltending right now, and the uh, Penguins have lost nine of their last ten. So goaltending, get mediocre goaltending. Uh, most coaches' plans look pretty good, and uh, right now that's not the case in in Pittsburgh. What do you think? Do you, do you think I think making the trade for Pearson was their move at, at an attempt to wake up? I guess. I oh yeah, for sure. That was definitely. It was also Rutherford going, "Hey, I got a little job security. Let's make some moves. Let's get crazy. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get fucking Tanner Pearson. That's edgy. <laughs> that's edgy. That's that's going to be a real kick in the." Kicking the seat for these fellas. I think they won. I mean, I think they won that trade. I think Pearson's a better player. It's just a uh, sure, but that trade's like, still a whole bunch of nothing. yeah. Who cares? Not a big time trade or anything. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, Tanner Pearson. Oh, oh boy. I mean, I like, like a Steve Downey trade. Who gives a uh, shit? It's not. I actual hockey. Player. Disagree with. I think Tanner Pearson's better than Steve Downey or Max Dalbert. I. Agree. I've said it once or twice. I'll say it again on this podcast. That's my stance on that issue. <laughs> every time we go down this quote me on this one every time quote me bro <laughs> every time we go down this tanner pearson steve downey rabbit hole i always take the tanner pearson side you know this and i always take the steve downey <laughs> stab a guy with your skate blade roll <laughs> oh man steve downey what a we don't need to talk about steve downey right that guy had a whole mess of a career never again yeah never again i still feel bad what's he doing now uh, i don't know it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, where was it? Where are we going? Well, yeah, the penguins suck. That's pretty much it. And I penguins was going to say, uh, and misery loves company. We're miserable. They're miserable. Great. Pennsylvania's miserable. So I was going to say, do you think Mike Sullivan's? I'm working a segue here. Do you think Mike Sullivan's job is in jeopardy? Nah. I mean, they're one of three teams with seven wins. The other two coaches have been fired. Well, here's the thing, though. He's also 
two years removed from winning a cup. Winning back to back cups, yeah, I guess that's fair. Winning back to back cups, and yeah, he's not. He's a good coach, and that roster, frankly, there's no depth, which has been a Penguins problem. Yeah. But and their defense sucks. Yeah. Their goaltending sucks. Like there's things he can point to, and I think he's won a little loyalty with that recent cup. Yeah. The thing is, in those other scenarios, and we might as well just get into talking about those now. Oh, baby. Uh, so, Segway oh, engaged. Segway. <laughs> Time for the... Engage the Segway. Make it so. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, the Oilers and... I'm missing the other team. Blues. What was the other team? The Oilers and the Blues. The St. Louis Blues. How did you forget that Blues saxophone. news? Yeah. <laughs> blues news. Long live the blues. note. Is there, a shittier, the is there a shittier battle cry than Long Live the Note? Is that their battle cry? Hashtag Long Live the Note. No, that's the shittiest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. Fear our Throw music. that in the trash. <laughs> oh, God. No, uh, We're like New Orleans. Yeah, both, the but... blues, both the Blues and the Oilers made trades, or not trades, they, uh, they changed coaches today. And the Blues, everybody expected them to get rid of Yayo. Right, he was at the yeah. Point they where they really like, took a time. He sucks. Yeah. He's lost the team. Let's get rid of him. So the expected move is to get rid of Yeo and bring in Joel Quenville, who was just seen doing shots at the uh, Bears tailgate the other yeah, day. He's, so, he's got nothing else to do besides getting hammered before Bear, Bears game. Which I mean, if you're Joel Quenville, I mean, you may as well just go get hammered as much as possible. You've already for free. You're never gonna have to buy a drink in that. Yeah. Game. And I assume that you already, you know, achieved your career goals of winning three Stanley Cups. Like, you know, there's no rush to get back into the grind right now. Absolutely. But, Wait for the right opportunity at Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the thing is, though, everybody expected Yayo gone, Quenville comes in. Oh, no, no, no. The Blues have news for you, my friend. They decided to go with friend of the show, Craig Berube. Ruby baby yeah so uh so in his four seasons there mike yo was 79 43 and 11 or not four seasons parts of three seasons uh, 133 games his only full season was last season uh and i th- he did pretty good with uh, the wild too but yeah yo i mean and i think yo put himself on the hot seat like he was like yeah my job should be on the line like three weeks ago which i, I for those of you with jobs out there don't say that that you're like in public. Damn it, it seems like not a good. <laughs> I, I might have made a mistake earlier today. Can you just imagine being at a business meeting like, all right, guys, look, I'm fucking up. This is definitely on me. Uh, I'm, I should be on the I'm talking to the I'd director see. of the company, and I'm just like, you know what? If I were you, I'd fire me. <laughs> I, I don't I understand why it hasn't like happened yet. Ago. Yeah, get me out of there. I'm terrible. Uh, and then they did. Uh, the Blues took their sweet ass time, but they finally did it. Named Craig Baruby. Interim, interim coach, which I think is an important distinction, because when he was with the Flyers, the when he was with the Flyers, he was just given the title of head coach, which was uh, it was a fun time around here. Uh, and he went seventy three games in, mind you, three games, <laughs> three games in seventy five. Never forget three games, seventy five, fifty eight, twenty eight, and one hundred one hundred and sixty one games as Flyers head coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. I am excited to see how Ruby does with a better roster. Again, I thought he was a terrible coach, but he did also have to use Nicholas Grossman and, at the time, uh, Zach Ronaldo, 
yeah, I think he These actually, are all-stars yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> you're describing. Okay. So, I, you know, not the best roster out there. Uh, but again, he didn't really milk it for anything more than it was worth. He, I think. And maybe he's learned some lessons. Yeah. Maybe he's a different man now. It's a couple of years. And I mean, you're talking in coaching terms. He's pretty young. Uh, so he certainly has the opportunity to have learned a lot and experienced a lot and become a new man in the coaching field. Uh, it's certainly possible. Didn't happen with John Stevens, but it could happen for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a big thing, I mean, the defense is so much better there than what he had in Philly too. Uh, he does have brain Chen again, which is interesting. Uh, but the defense is very, I mean, it's a lot more mobile and can actually produce offense than when he left here i think his best defensive player if i'm not mistaken was michael delzato and maybe the best player he had his entire time here was uh steve mason claude drew and Vorchek got some pretty good seasons uh but steve mason i mean 2014-15 steve mason i think he finished with like a 927 save percent or something obnoxious and was like saving games for that team for some reason rather than just letting them fully tank but he was uh he's not gonna be getting that in St. Louis because Jake Allen is a is a shit show right now. I don't know what it's his numbers great. are. Yeah, he's not great. But so defense good, goalie bad, and I will say the forward, uh there's a lot of talent in the forwards in St. Louis, specifically in the center role. Like yeah. you've got you go. Braden Chen, you've got Ryan O'Reilly, you've got Bozak. That's, That's pretty, a really yeah. nice trio. Yeah. And uh I think the well, the thing with Jake Allen is they stopped hanging out with Fatso. I don't know why uh, they like kicked Marty Bador out of like his role of being the goalie whisperer, but Jake Allen probably for being weird with his in-laws. Yeah, yeah start hitting on Jake fam- Jake Allen's uh, sister-in-law or something. I don't know. Ooh, did you say a sister-in-law? <laughs> I'll be coming over this Thanksgiving to your house. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's what. Actually, by the way, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving is Mar- Mar- Marty Bordeaux's favorite holiday because it's all you can eat and then you just hit on family members. So it's the ideal. It's the one-two <laughs> punch for Marty Bordeaux. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll never stop making Marty Bordeaux jokes. That guy's fat and I hate him. He's the worst. He's the biggest product of the system. I'm, anyway, I'm let's... very upset he got in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about that. No, I don't want to talk about I it. I like how Willie O'Ree finally makes it. And it's overshadowed by Fatso and Gary Bettman putting himself in the Hall of Fame. And you know what? Marty St. Louis, too. Hate oh, that guy. God, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did guy. the... Uh, I just, I've never forgotten that uh, that Lightning team. Yeah, I was going to say, I just did the return flight for that game when I talked about the Primo tying goal and the Gagne uh, overtime goal. And I was like, I remember wa- I was like watching the highlights and I was like, man, I fucking hate St. Louis that year. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a little like he, nobody could touch him on the ice. He was like a little water bug or something. Like everywhere he went, nobody could check him. He was just maneuvering through everybody. And that was before that was like the look at a little water bug over yeah, there. Yeah, the little the little water bug. Yeah, <laughs> it was the uh, and on the clutch and grab air too. So we weren't used to seeing that. It's not like uh like it's not like now where Johnny Gaudreau is pretty much just dancing through people. A little different back then, but. A little different. Yeah, I had somebody, I had somebody tweet at me. Uh, I'm sorry. I I know it's there. I don't know why I even looked open up the app, but I said in my tweet about that article, I said the pre-mount goal might be the most unbelievable goal 
uh, in recent Flyers memory. And what I mean by unbelievable is the fact that in a must-win game with less than two minutes left, Primo has a rebound go off his skate over the goalie across the crease, and he's the first one to get there by skating around the net and dunking it. And he did that all in about a half a second. That's kind of like an unbelievable play, right? And somebody oh, yeah. and somebody tweeted at me, and they were like, they were like, uh, Lufel's overtime winner. I'm like, that's not a great play. It's a great moment. It was important. Like it was a it won a series. It's very important to the Flyers' history. But he put in a rebound when the goalie wasn't looking. It's not like the most, you know, amazing, incredible play ever. I think the only other play that would really rival it would be uh, uh, Richard Shift, where he sets up an opportunity, lays somebody out, then he goes down the ice and dives at a puck in front of Halak and then dunks it. Like that entire play was, you know, like those sequence oh, that, of events. That whole was shift incredible. is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I remember. That's just Mike Richards for you. That's like <laughs> yeah. the gritty, uh, hardworking guy that we all knew and loved until he got traded. And we all said, I always hated Mike Richards. Yeah. He always partied too much. Like, yeah. Partied too much. Dry Island. Yeah. Just always. I mean, I want you to play hockey and I don't want you to leave the house when you're home. That's all. Is that too much to ask? I want you, I want you to stay in an isolated chamber in the bowels of the Wells Fargo Center, <laughs> and only come out to play perfect hockey when called upon. That's all. It's not an unreasonable Just request. Have the Tom Brady approach to being a hockey player, and then when you get Brian Boucher and Mike Michael Leighton as your goalies in the playoffs, we're still probably going to blame you for losing. So, oh, I, I totally believe that Tom Brady keeps himself in some sort of hyperbaric chamber at night he does a lot of weird shit that guy's a loser maybe a crypt like i could see the guy (laughs) arising out of a crypt and going like like just smoke is coming out from behind him as he opens the basement door to arise for his his one protein shake a day that he drinks and then occasionally he'll have to go to like the met gala or something like that where his matador costume and (laughs) Then he can go back to his crypt. And then he uh, he goes back, practices quarterback sneaks for like four hours, and then he goes back into his crypt. It's the most boring man I know. You know what he doesn't practice? Catching. Oh, oh shit. No, we're not. Dunk, dunk. Good night and good night. <laughs> we're hockey. not talking about the Eagles this podcast because they're dropping a lot of they're dropping a lot of uh, oh no 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 figurative no, no, no. balls this season. Yeah, I can I can always talk about Brady dropping the pass. Eagles won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady dropped the football. Nick Foles caught it. You know that Monday night football game last night. I, it was 54 to 51. And I feel like that was the craziest game I've seen in terms of just points being racked up. And I can't believe in a Super Bowl, the Eagles won 41 to 33. <laughs> it's still weird. To say. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that whole. I mean, it was amazing, but there's just a lot of just a lot of nonsense involved. A lot of great nonsense, but nonsense nonetheless. Nick Foles catching a goddamn touchdown pass. Anyway, it's, uh, the, it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. Which, uh, <laughs> what were we even the talking coaches. about? And I, I was going to talk about the other coach. Hyperbaric Chambers yeah. coaches. So, okay. So Craig Berube, uh, objectively speaking, how do you expect him to do over the rest of the season? So do you think he's going to do better than his predecessor? I think so. I, I mean, I think more times than not, when you bring in a, a, a new voice, I guess, or He's not even really a new voice, but you just kind of make a coaching change. The players do react to an extent. And I, when you think of uh, that Flyers 2013-14 season with him, they started off real bad 
out of the jump and then stayed pretty bad for the first 10 games with Ruby, I think. But then all of a sudden they, I guess, caught fire for lack of better terms. But they, I mean, they made a really strong push, made the playoffs. Drew ended up being a hard finalist. Uh, team didn't look great at five on five, but they looked great everywhere else. Uh, and I mean, that team, I think, had a lot less skill than this Blues team. I, I think this Blues team, I I don't think the coaching change matters as much as much as the, uh, if Jake Allen can start uh, getting his shit together. I mean, if he still can't make saves, it's going to be really hard. But at this point, after the coaching change, I think they're going to start looking at the, the goaltending if uh, Jake Allen continues to kind of uh, poop the sheets here. Well, there's guys available out there. Sure, they're all broken, but we've got about 10 broken goaltenders yeah. that are up for sale at any given moment. Please, so yeah. If you want your old friend Brian Elliott back once he's recovered from whatever has fallen off this time, then you guys are welcome to him. If you, he's here for the taking. Yeah, if you want a goalie or two, we will we will the buy one get one buy free. Buy one here. get one free. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so go ahead. You want uh you want an Elliot, you can get a Stellars or Stolares, as some of us would like to say. Uh and ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. I, I, you know, I really had never thought about it that hard. And then last night on BSH radio, I say Anthony Stolares and Charlie just Oh yeah, Charlie was not died. letting it go, yeah. <laughs> Charlie thought that was the funniest thing. And for some reason I had I guess I don't say the name very often, probably because he's always hurt. Ha ha ha. But, <laughs> uh it's also it's, it's you uh you you are a big uh, supporter of stoltender the goaltender so that does take away from your time of practicing saying uh uh still or anthony anthony the hockey goalkeeper <laughs> uh and oh what was i gonna say about that so the the blues are welcome yeah. to have any of our crappy to mediocre goalies so go, go nuts guys if you want so uh craig Berube gonna be interesting to see what our good friend greg or chef Berube, as we like to call him around <laughs> these parts is uh gonna do for the rest of the year however that is not the last piece of flyers related goal or coaching hires today no 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 the oilers not to be upstaged by the blues decided we need an ex-flyers coach as well so we're gonna reach out to none other then Ken Hitchcock to replace Todd McClellan. Ken Hitchcock to the Oilers. How is this a thing? Ken Hitchcock to handle the most uh, offensively gifted player in the NHL at the moment. Because that's surely not going to, you know. It's some sort of sick uh, joke. Yeah, so. uh, Todd McClellan, though, was relieved of his duty today. Uh, he started the same time Hackstall did. He was... 123, 119, and 24 with the Oilers. Hackstall at the moment, I believe, is 131, 95, and 40. So, uh, you just got to keep ahead of the curve. Yeah, a little bit better. Just do a little bit better than Tom McClellan <laughs> and uh, keeping your job, I guess. Uh, I mean, I will say Todd McClellan as Connor McDavid. And not much else. And, and not I much think else. Frank Cervelli, if I, if I read his tweets correctly, pretty much just destroyed Chiarelli today and pretty much oh, just beautiful. was like well Tom McClellan wasn't the one that traded Larson for Hall and like yada yada like rattled off like 10 things that Chiarelli did where everybody collectively was like 
what are you doing? <laughs> and then McClellan had to be the guy that went behind the bench and was like, let's see if Ryan's drone can produce tonight. Or let's see if I can use Adam Larson in a top pairing situation and things of that it's nature. It's amazing to me that every year since they drafted Connor McDavid, this Oilers team has gotten worse. Yeah, well, ironically, that's when they have hired Chiarelli. So maybe seems to be uh, hand in pattern? hand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the guy that said, you know what? I don't want Tyler Sagan. Let's get him off my roster uh, ASAP. The guy that traded. That team. That team needs Paul Holmgren. The the, the team that traded. The guy that traded away Blake Wheeler, Phil Kessel, and uh, Tyler Sagan. Maybe he's not the guy that should handle your generational talent. Just, uh, you know, uh, one man's opinion. Just JSN. Yeah, Paul Holmgren. Oh, man. That team needs Paul Holmgren. Paul Holmgren to the Oilers. It's gonna happen. Uh, I want this to happen so bad. Another Just bonkers, bonkers <laughs> trades to surround McDavid with the weirdest talent available. I mean, another NHL team needs Paul Holmgren uh, as the GM, not the Flyers, but another team because I just want to see funny. God, no. I think well now, Shirelli's uh, lost his safety net because you know, before he fired, the, every GM gets one coach, and now his one coach is gone. So. He's got to be proactive and make some moves. So I would expect um, dry side on the Penguins in what's today, Tuesday? Probably by Thanksgiving. And then Darnell Nurse probably with like the Coyotes or something. He's going to trade away everybody and he's going to lose every single one of the trades. And we're going to laugh. And we're going to. Actually, we're not because he seems to go, hey, every other team in the Metro besides the Flyers. Do you guys want a good player for nothing? <laughs> Do you want Jordan Everly for Ryan Strom? What about Taylor Hall for Adam Larson? <laughs> I can't wait to see. Like, I can't wait to see what the dry cycle trade is. It's going to be fucking terrible. Oh, it's going to hey, be Hey, Arizona. Can you give us Kevin Kanaden for Leon dry cycle? I think it's fair in my eyes, says Peter Shirelli. <laughs> well, we're going to see that trade, and we're going to see the, the Nylander trade. If it happens, yeah. and it's going to be before uh, we can touch on that in a second. But before we get to that, uh, do I mean, how, what do you think of the Hitchcock uh, hiring? I that's a terrible hire. Yeah, I was going to say I for one, uh, not really the biggest fan of it. And somebody, I mean, somebody tweeted that at me this week again. Sorry, I, you know, I, I went on Twitter. That's my fault. Just like the abuse, I guess. But somebody was like, "Oh, this team needs McClellan." Or I mean, uh, this team needs Hitchcock. I'm like. Does it though? Because they're currently getting shut out and their defense isn't that bad. I don't know if Hitchcock's really the answer for getting more goals. That doesn't seem to be his and thing. Hitchcock's got a a style that is much better for hockey hockey hockey. <laughs> hockey. Oh. Hockey. Oh. <laughs> hockey from a decade yeah. ago, right? Like even more than that, really. Like he was very well suited to the Flyers before that lockout. Yeah. Not that lockout, but that lockout. Yeah. And we already did the lockout rankings, him, by the way, so we can't go through we did. and do our we fair can't do it again. <laughs> It's redundant. We can't do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, his style of hockey is not good. His defensive-minded, just it's not good for today's game. And to coach the best talent in the league, Connor McDavid, is just a travesty. This guy is phenomenal. And it just gets worse every year for him. And he's got to be regretting that huge contract. Tony, a gigantic contract where he didn't take all the money possible. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, could have taken more money. Didn't have to sign for 13 years with Edmonton. Yeah. Well, and he did both. Or is it 13 years he signed? He for? signed forever. He's pretty much going to die in Edmonton. But I was going to say, at least the good thing for him, though, is he gets to live in the nice, luxurious, warm, fantasy island type place that is Edmonton. That's just the most desirable place to live in all of North America. Chris Pronger loved it. <laughs> oh my Ilya God. Brisgalov <laughs> wanted to go up there. <laughs> Uh, Wayne Gretzky's wife was a big fan. I forgot about the whole Chris Pronger. Uh, he porked a reporter, right? Like, didn't he bang a reporter? That was the whole thing. I do not recall. I thought that was the whole thing. And then, like, his wife. I don't, know. I don't if it's not true, I don't want to put it out there because <laughs> Chris Pronger having... will beat the shit out of us. <laughs> yes, I do not want to be on Chris Pronger's shit list. Yeah, he, well, I, I'm pretty sure that was the whole thing. And then his wife found out. And then he was like, yeah, wait, we got to, we can't be in Edmonton anymore. I'll look that up. But as of right now, as it stands, you can quote Steve as saying Chris Pronger committed adultery. Uh, and then we'll go with that. I didn't say anything. I'm just, this This is what Steve told me before the show. Um. <laughs> Don't, no. <laughs> do not, do not pin this on me. Do not lay this on me. Chris Pronger, this is all Craig's fault. Um, yeah, so both hire, or, or the Blues isn't really a hiring, but interim uh, coach choice is interesting kind of you know in the works for a while i mean he was with the i think he was the head coach of the chicago wolves for a while and now he was the assistant there in st louis for a while so it kind of makes sense that he would be the interim choice uh i don't know if he'll become the head uh, full-time coach like the, the actual head coach but now it's the blues and the oilers have made coaching changes um, so did the Kings. So did the Blackhawks. Uh, and I think those are the four so far, right? Those are the four that I can. Yeah, I think that's the only four. Yeah, so four teams. Uh, a bunch of teams hired new coaches coming into this season. I think right now, before the end of the season, uh, Guy Boucher, Jeff Blasel. Forget if that's even how you say his name now. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah, close. Enough. Yeah, um, Bob Bugner. I like that Charlie is now the person hey, you're Ray, apologizing Ray, to for mispronunciations. And hey, Randy, uh, uh, Randy Carlisle are all coaches that I think could be gone before the end of the season because their teams are pretty much trash and they've been there for a while and kind of underperforming. Uh, so those are four destinations where it could go. I think at the end, uh, jo where Joel Quenville could go. Because I think Joel Quenville is going to come back. It's just a matter of where and how long, likely we have to wait for every other team to make a coaching change and for it to just be the Flyers left. <laughs> Those four, I think Winnipeg, Minnesota, the Sharks, and maybe Arizona could fire their coaches before the end of, or after this season. Because Paul Maurice has been there a while. The Jets are loaded. Uh, Bruce Pedro has been there a while. The uh, the wild seem to keep making the same playoff run. They seem kind of be uh, seem to be kind of stuck in mediocrity. And then the Sharks, uh, Peter DeBoer has been there a while, and that team's I feel like is pretty good, and they're doing pretty well. But if they have a disappointing playoff uh, performance, he might be out. So those those eight teams and the Flyers, I think, are still in for Quenville, and I'm still pulling hope, still hoping. Uh, 
because I mean, Hacksaw. I, I mean, the news today is the only thing I guess I really don't like about Hacksaw this week. The the <laughs> option to well, there's two things, right? There, there's the news today, the fact that there's still the option for Coach Q, even though a couple teams that might have been desirable to him didn't bring him in, yeah, and. There's also the fact that he kind of reverted on a couple of the positive lineup changes he had made recently where he brought Andrew McDonald back out of the closet for whatever yeah. reason. You know, he's a little dusty. Dust him off. He's still fine. He's ready to go. Yeah. I got him back in there. And then uh, your old Latera, our, our dear friend, your old so, is yeah, coming back. So the in. line rushes at fourth line center today because uh, for uh, reasons. I mean, I I didn't see any quotes. I didn't see why he felt like Latera should be the good choice to go back in there. But I think, well, he's going to shut down Jack Eichel. Yeah, man. By the way, yeah, we need to talk about this losing streak that Bill was talking about yesterday, because I I deep down don't see how this isn't going to be a six game losing streak. Because I <laughs> I know they play the Sabers and I know how that sounds and how the last few seasons of the Sabers have kind of been pushovers. But I think I said it last week or two weeks ago. The Sabers the, these aren't like the same Sabers. Like their their underlying numbers are these going, aren't your father's. These sabers. aren't your Buffalo Sabers. <laughs> this is the Stu Grimson you know. Uh, but I think <laughs> tell your dad to shut up. <laughs> Henrik back dad on. is no longer on the Sabers. <laughs> It's Jack Eichel's team. He's gotten coaches fired. He's gotten GMs fired. Jack Eichel says what's going on. Derek Roy's returning to power because the Sabres are back in town, baby. But they do look better. They're on a six-game winning streak, and they beat the Penguins last night, and they've they've looked good. Look good this season. Eichel and Skinner putting up pretty good yep, numbers Skinner's so like, far. Uh, 24 and 22 points, respectively. Yeah, I mean... He's uh looks like a pretty good trade so far, and for not much. Yeah, not giving up much. the The Hurricanes got literally poo in return. They got a prospect named Cliff Poo and draft picks, and hey, it kind of looks they're doing fun stuff after they win. Yeah, games. they're having fun. <laughs> they're having fun. That's what I care about. Rod the bod. He's showing them how to flex, and they're having fun. <laughs> Just taking off a shirt and flexing afterwards. It's real weird in the locker room after games. I would advise you not to go <laughs> in there. It's getting real weird in Carolina. <laughs> and that's just how ownership wants it. Dun, dun. Winning hockey games and making it weird. Thomas the Dunn's just walking around. Hey, you guys still want to win, right? Like you haven't given up on the whole. All right. I don't want any losers in there. I want guys that want to win. That's all. <laughs> that's what we're going to set us apart. Meanwhile, Peter Morazic's sitting over there going, I'm the, I'm the goalie, right? I'm still the goalie. <laughs> Doesn't know which way to look still. Looking in the corner. Spock's coming to the He's zone. looking in the stands. <laughs> so, Sabres game, pretty good chance that's a loss. I mean, I think that's a decent chance that's a loss. That's four. Play the Rangers, this might, might be one of the bigger surprises in the league for a team that's supposed to be rebuilding. Uh, Quinn decided that team's going to be good, and they're doing all right. And then they play the Maple Leafs on Saturday with uh, that Maple Leafs power play uh, against the Flyers penalty kill. That one sounds very so bad. Look me square in the face and tell me they're not giving up at least two power play goals against, if not more, with Cal Pickard in then. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's, Listen, that's Alex Lyon has this lockdown. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I maybe Michael Neuwirth will return. See, Lion wasn't Lion didn't exactly light the world on fire last year, but at the same time, to me right now, he's not Cal Pickard. You know what Cal I mean? Pickard because is terrible. He's I, you know, I just want saves out of my goalie, and I'll tell you what, Cal Pickard's not really providing for the Flyers. It saves. Like that's the th- like that's the one thing they're giving him legal tender for is to just stop pucks. And he's like, eh, you know what? I'm going to mail it in today in front of all these people. <laughs> he just decides I'm mailing yeah. it in. Like there are games he's saying. Or maybe, Craig, I have an alternate theory. Maybe he's not good. Yeah. You know what? It might be the not good thing. He He's blown some games and then he also just doesn't, you know, I wouldn't say any of the goals are directly on him on Saturday in a game where they gave up six goals. But at the same time, he can, Bro, you can't stop one of those. Like one of those six shots, you can't just I don't know. Step outside your skill set and just make some kind of sprawl. I don't know. Like do something once is all I'm asking. That's my Cal Picker. Do something once. <laughs> That's my Cal Picker stance. Just do one cool thing sometime in the near future. I'm a simple man who just doesn't ask for a lot. Just do something cool once. Yeah, that's all we need. Uh. And I think, I mean, we can we can talk about how Brian Elliott. I think we should, we'll just touch on that now. Uh, Brian Elliott is expected to be out two weeks. Where are the? Okay, here we go. He's out two weeks with an LBI, a class case of an LBI. Most likely his groin, because if you watch the play, he got injured on. Definitely feels like he was uh he was, you know, probably stretching that in the wrong direction. And uh, at two weeks, Alex Line called up. If he stays on schedule, the the fly, he's only going to miss four games with the Flyers, and he's going to return against the Penguins next Saturday. So that will be, as you guys joked on the show last night, that's 100% going to be the turning point for the Penguins in their season. They're going to hang an 11 spot on uh, Brian Elliott, who came back too early from an injury, and like his his groin is just in three pieces, and he can't like move side to side at all. So I'm looking forward to it. And these next four games after the the, the Maple Leafs have played Senators, I believe. Which could be a win. They could win that game. Uh, sure. Next three games aren't easy, though. And uh, I, I really... When we record next Wednesday, I would not be shocked if we're talking about a seven-game losing streak. And I know it's a big jump to the conclusion to say that they're going to extend a three-game losing streak by four games, but it's the Flyers we're talking about. They like to do. They like to have a little fun out there. They like to. Uh, they'll, they'll probably do this, and then they'll just win like seventy-five percent of the games for the rest of the season, and then lose in the first round of the playoffs again. We're just gonna live out that same season over and over again. And uh, ten other teams are gonna fire coaches, and then hire like Dave Tippett and uh, Glenn Gullitson and uh, Dave Babbage. And uh, Neil Little, and then Joe Quinville's the only match left is going to be Joe Quinville and the Flyers, and it's still not going to happen because Hacksaw is going to be like, Neil Little. <laughs> yeah, Dave Hacksaw is going to be like, you know what? Do I want to play Yori Laterra tonight? He's got one point in his last 15 games. I think I'm going to play him. Meanwhile, Joe Quinville's hammered, hammered in the Bears parking lot. Could probably construct a better game plan. <laughs> but Yori Laterra, I used to. <laughs> We used to just kill that guy every night. Why would I play him? I want, I want drunk 
Coach Q to come in. That's that's officially what I want. Drunk Coach Q. He's got a bit of a problem, but it, we love him for it. <laughs> I just I wanted him to get hammered and then just to come in and be really, really like aggressive towards Ron Hextall, just like yell at him about Stan Bowman's mistakes. He's just like, hey, you're, you're not going to trade Panera Sod, are you? <laughs> listen, Ron, don't. Don't trade for Sad. <laughs> I told Stan, don't do it. And he did it. He traded he traded Artemi. Arte, Artemi? Art. Pizza pan pan pizza for Sad. And I was I was I said it's bad. And do you have a pan pizza? <laughs> I'm gonna start calling Artemi Panera and Art. Make him sound really Art sophisticated. Like he lives in a, a nice, really nice, expensive apartment in downtown, oh, yeah. downtown Columbus. You know, my friend Art, he <laughs> scores a lot of goals, you know, no big deal. Yeah, he designs apps for Comcast. You know, Art, he's, he's a very, a very smart guy. He lives in a loft <laughs> by himself. He doesn't have six roommates. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, so Brian Elliott's hurt for a while. and uh... He's old. Cal Pickard and uh, Alex Lyon are going to lead this team to success. The most unlikely success story in the city of Philadelphia this year. Just have the best lineup of goalies. Brian Elliott, old and hurt. Mm-hmm. Michael Neuverth, broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cal Pickard, bad. Yeah. yeah nice. Alex Lyon, um, he was pretty okay last year. I think. Anthony Stolarz. Uh, Stolarz. <laughs> hey. Still tender, the goaltender. Uh, I had a big question mark. Carter Hart, absolutely not ready. Are you sure Carter Hart's not ready? Yeah. You know, Craig, I I might just have a hunch if we look at his numbers <laughs> in the AHL so far this year. Are you you're gonna sit there and tell me that a guy that has an eight eighty four save percentage? And just got pulled in a game this weekend, which I'm pretty sure wasn't the first time he's been pulled this season. You're telling me that guy isn't going to do well behind a defense that features Andrew McDonald and Robert Hag? Are you kidding me? Craig, what I'm telling you is that there is no such thing as development, (laughs) and you need to just throw guys in there, and they sink or swim. No nurturing. This isn't... Nobody gets a participation award. This goes back to my Flyers argument. Yeah, thank you. No participation trophies. The The Flyers just need to throw Carter Hart in there, and if he's good enough, he's going to win games. And if he's not good enough, he's going to lose games. Yeah, it's meat and potatoes time. You know, sack up, as Dave Paxel once said, before the Flyers got steamrolled in the 6-1 loss to the Islanders. You know, you're either the guy or you're not. And we'll Don't find out. bring your shitty casserole in Yeah. There. This is about mashed potatoes and turkey. And speaking of mashed potatoes and turkey, let's talk about the Gobbler. Limited edition <laughs> at Wawa. <laughs> did we? Did you sign a deal with Wawa? You didn't tell me about it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wawa's my new co-host. <laughs> All right, look. Let's run through. After you finish your Gobbler pitch, I'm going to run through the two games that the Flyers H- Hoagie lost. Fest Hank is coming into the room right now to replace you. <laughs> Hoagie Fest Hank. Yep. Just a guy dripping cranberry sauce in a big hoagie costume. 
He's got a mustache. He's in a hokey <laughs> costume. He's got cranberry sauce and gravy all over him. I bet you that guy probably has his his uh, side uh, Thanksgiving side rankings all in order. Unlike uh, unlike you and I. Yeah, that's true. You and me. True. And I'll tell I'll tell you one more thing about Hoagie Hank <laughs> is that Hoagie Hank knows next to nothing about hockey. <laughs> But he's watched a couple Flyers games and he's read some Sam Donnellan columns and he knows what he's oh, talking he's got, about. He's you got know, he did his homework. He's got some takes. He, his, you know, Hokey Hank has just asked me why the Flyers don't fight anymore. Yeah. Well, and I mean, hey, guess what? Two games, no fighting, and uh, you know, losses. That's all I'm saying. If if Jack Eichel, it's simple math. Isn't, Do the math. Jack Eichel wasn't punched in the face on Wednesday. I'm never watching this team again. I'll say that much. As Not we discussed, the McCarthy theorem dictates that if you punch Jack Eichel in the face, he can't score a goal in the power play. Yeah, by the way, I'm dead serious about that on the penalty kill because they got nothing else right now. You just start they got nothing yeah, else. If eventually you'll knock them all out and then they'll have to like throw out the backup goalie on the power play. And I'll tell you that he's probably not gonna run the point that well. Is there literally nobody available to coach this penalty kill literally no one i mean i i, I you know what? i that's one job i would hire ken hitchcock for is to coach the, the penalty yeah, kill yeah seriously i feel like you could hire a lot of coaches to be on the penalty kill right now because uh i mean laperriere is not exactly doing good um uh at all is my analysis not good it's in fact pretty bad yeah so all right talk about the games real quick three it's in fact the worst in the league uh, actually uh not to correct you steve but right now it's 30th in the league so why don't you get off your high horse about firing the penalty kill coach because he's got it covered it was 31st last it night. was and then the centers i guess gave up some power play goals so maybe read a book watch some games learn the game of hockey yeah they're 30th now so this is a real race to the bottom of the well here <laughs> it's by the way, the center's penalty kill has been really bad for a while because I, I put down uh, – where did I put the numbers here? They have a bit of an excuse as they lost a top oh, no, no, three no. defenseman in the no, league. No, no, it's been bad for a while, uh, back to when the Perrier started. So here are the um, – so dating back to 2013-14. Oh, I was talking about the Senators having an excuse and the Flyers don't. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, I mean, the Senators have had a bad one for a while, too. That, that's what I was getting to the stat here. No, they're also the Senators. Yeah, so, it's yeah. the Senators. That's the main takeaway. Uh, dating back to 2013-14, which was, I believe, LaPierre's first year behind the bench as the penalty kill coach. They're one of five teams with 12 games or more with three power play goals against or more. Uh, one was on Saturday against the Lightning. And the Lightning are first with having 14 of those games. Ottawa is 13, and Arizona and Columbus have 12. They are the Flyers are also third with 212 games since the start of the 2013-14 season, where they've allowed at least one power play goal against. Ottawa is first with that in that category with 216. Arizona has 213, and then Dallas and Florida are fourth with 203. So the Flyers penalty kill has sucked for a while, for many a year, and it seems like the Ottawa Senators apparently are hand in hand with them. And again. Uh, on Saturday, they gave up three power play goals against. It's the second time they've done that this season, and they did that uh, against the Senators in their win earlier this season. That win against the Senators is just like a talking point for a lot of random stats. 
uh, the the Devils game. So three nothing loss. Do we have to? I, I'm just gonna. Sounds like such a stereotypical Devils uh, yeah. game. Too. I mean, they, three nothing loss. I it, they they looked good. I thought the Flyers looked fine that game. It was a four point two five to two point two expected goals for percentage, sixty five point eight nine overall. Uh, and at even strength, it was two point six to one point five eight at five on five. So it was sixty two point two. Uh, and they had 16 of the games, 23 high danger chances. Like they, for a high danger chance, four percentage of 69.57, which is very nice. They, I felt like they deserved better fate than nice. what they got on Thursday night, even though, I mean, the team gets shut out. And it's it, the worst part about that loss, I think, was that it was up front, it was the lines we want to see. As a fan base, I think we can all collectively agree that. Giroux, Couturier, Konechny, Limblom, Patrick, Borchek, JVR, Wheel, Simmons, Weiss, Lawton, NAK. Those are the four lines that, given the forwards that they have on the team, and that is what we would want to see. And of course, they get shut out. They dominate the Devils all game. They hit five posts, have a goal disallowed, and Simmons has maybe the save of the year put on by Keith Kincaid. Five posts. Keith Kincaid, save of the year. Just That is the game that <sighs> happened. And that, of course, Dave Haxtell, who is like, you know what? I'm going to give Latera McDonald uh, five years to figure their shit out. One game doesn't work where they don't get some bounces, and Haxtell's like, eh, you know what? I'm not really feeling We're keeping McDonald in for taking out Foley in the next game. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that guy. Um, second line, <laughs> like I was saying earlier about the second line, um, you know, inconsistency, I think, is going to be a thing with the younger guys, and it kind of came through uh, in that game. The Joey Anderson goal, uh, Joey Anderson, who was a 2016 third-round pick, was captain of last year's uh, World Junior Championship team for USA. Uh, goal wasn't great on Elliott's end, pretty soft goal, but at the same time, it, the whole play was created because uh, Fullen hit Patrick with a, an outlet pass, and then Patrick got knocked off the puck rather easily and turned it over at the blue line. And then a, a two-on-one happened. Uh, they didn't have the best possession numbers in that game. And even with that said, I mean, Voracek did beat on Nixing and draw a penalty on the same play, and Limblom did hit a post. But just overall, I don't. I, they're not... I think at this point, I kind of expect more of the second line, because they have shown they can take over games at, like, uh, like they did in the third period against the Panthers and a bunch of oh, games yeah. on the West Coast trip. I mean, they've shown that they can be difference makers. They yeah. can be a dominant force for the Flyers. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, I mean, th- again, that was a situation where I, I think I would have liked to have seen Borjak kind of step up. But uh, And Elliot, I think overall, Elliot had a, a, an all right night. I mean, he gave up the, the pretty leaky goal, but then also at the same time, with the game one nothing on a penalty kill, he had back-to-back saves on Saka and uh, Brat that were just pretty insane, and I can't believe he actually made them. And then he also stoned Johan- uh, Marcus Johansson on a chance, uh, Johansson on a chance in the uh, the second period as well to keep it one nothing before he uh, tore his groin on a wraparound attempt. That was a second wraparound attempt, I think, by the the Devils in the game. So. I don't know if there's something out there about uh, wraparound attempts against Brian Elliott, but heads up, they probably will work, just like the whole side-to-side passing, or uh, cross-ice passing worked on Brian, Ray Emery because he uh, 
had pretty terrible lateral movement in his time with the Flyers. But uh, New Jersey has the most shutouts against the Flyers with 17. Do you know the three teams that have 15? Okay, so New Jersey has the most? Yeah, New Jer- the Devils have the most with 17. Okay. Three teams have 15. Three teams have 15. Hmm. I don't want to say one of them you should know, but when I say it, you're going to be upset because of the the goaltending that's been in place there for a while. This is it against the Flyers? Yes. Uh, and sorry, one more. Is this this all time? Holy balls. Yeah, all time. <laughs> I'm just like gathering. <laughs> it can't be the Penguins because the no. Flyers Penguins games are always like bam, 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 bam. Rangers one? Yep. I was going to say that would be the one because they've had Lundqvist and Richter. So that kind of makes sense. Lundqvist and Richter are absolute killers. Biggest dickwads out there. Actually, the the Devils makes a lot of sense considering Brodor probably had 15 of them. Yeah. Um, This is according to Hockey Reference, too. And I'm I'm pretty sure these are correct. Okay. Um, Hmm. One of the other teams they've already played and been shut out by that team this year. Been shut out by the team this year. So that was Boston. All right. Who's the other one? It's not the Islanders, is it? No, uh, I'm kind of, I was kind of surprised by this one, but when I think of the goaltending there too, it makes sense. Who's, who's the other one? Montreal. Ah, Les Habitants. But I mean, like recently the fire. It makes sense. Patrick Waugh, Carey Price. Ken Dryden, I assume, probably got some in the 80s. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I don't know. Like it, I feel like the Flyers have had the the edge against the Canadians over there in recent history, at least. Or at least. Oh, they yeah. have. I, 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 But I think when they have lost, it's probably been a shutout yeah, because Gary Bray stood on his head. Yeah. Uh, oh, and they did. I mean, they even got shut out last year by the Canadians because that uh, they won one nothing in a shootout. And that technically is a shutout for... Uh, Price, I believe, or whoever was in that. I think Price was in that that night. Yeah. Uh, lost to Tampa Bay. Expected goals again. The Flyers dominated uh, 4.42 to 2.92. For that was one of those games where I was just like the really sad person. I was like, it was nice just to get a point. <laughs> well, they like they honestly did look like the better team for the majority of that game, and then once they went down five to one, I think. I don't know. I think collectively everybody just started mailing in. I was doing the post game reaction for that game, and I was just like, I I guess I'm gonna dunk on this team for ten minutes, and then I <laughs> then just finished the video. I couldn't believe they came back in that I don't game. Think anybody, I mean, man, that, yeah, that Wayne Simmons goal. It's a shame they didn't win that game because that Wayne Simmons goal is like an all time that is right there, yeah. especially if they win the game because it's just like dudes on his back and second attempt roofs it. Just awesome, awesome goal. The reaction from Wayne getting up with that fist pump, just awesome. That really, like, I I don't know if this is going to sound like an exaggeration, but if they had won that game, that game is kind of a season-changing win. I mean, sure, just for a huge just win, even with, even with Vasilevsky out, that's a big win yeah. for the Flyers because Tampa Bay is still a great team. Yeah, and they, uh, yeah, and I mean, it was just, I feel like this team the last couple seasons, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to, point the finger as to why I think this is, but you know, 
things don't look great late they kind of seem like they kind of uh stop trying or like they you kind of just give up hope and it feel like there's no way they're definitely going to come back they kind of erased all that doubt with this comeback because this was one of the biggest uh deficits they've they've seen in a while and they were they managed to erase it i mean it's one of the biggest deficits in nhl history for them to overcome because they are i saw the nhl uh PR put it out, but it was the first time a team has ever raised a four-goal deficit in the final 10 minutes of regulation. Which is, I mean, that's that's just nuts. It sucks they didn't like win. This Flyers team this did that? Team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Of all does the Flyers teams in recent history, this is the one that does it. And it's, I mean, the thing with Simmons, too, is it's, it, he had that great goal. And then he just got worked on the overtime goal. Like, Anthony Sorelli made an amazing play. And like worked him off the puck and everything, but it was still. I mean, Simmons didn't look great, but it was, you know, unfortunately it had to happen to him after he had that. Well, what I what I assume would be a confidence boosting goal to tie up the game in the final couple minutes there. But, I mean, they the Flyers looked like the better team all game. They had the puck most of the game, which is again it's a loss, but at the same time I feel like that's a good sign. They've been. That's one of the better losses they've had, yeah, to be honest. But... They got a point out of it, and there were some positive signs. That Simmons goal was just hot fire. Uh, JVR finally getting on the board with the Flyers uh, yeah. for a goal. Yeah, yeah, a uh, real greasy one. And I think the only example of a low to high I found this week, and it, again, it was on the power play, so I don't know if you really can. Uh, hey, this, this power play's been bad, man. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Uh, take anything and i think it's like three power play goals for the flyers on on saturday and i think it's uh i think the ways they scored were kind of encouraging too because they scored three different ways they had jvr put in a a rebound from a go shot connect they scored on the wrist shot from his spot on the power play his new spot on the power play and then sean katoria just scored off a face-off so it wasn't just they found one flaw to score against the Lightning. They found a few different ways to score. And I think I think overall, the power play does look better with JVR on it. And, I mean, in that Devils game, that disallowed, that disallowed goal we were talking about was JVR uh, rubbing his, his butt on Keith and Kate's face on a, uh, on a go shot. That got, Love uh, a good butt rub. Yeah, it's a common thing in hockey. You know? Sometimes you get to rub your butt on a goalie's face. And fortunately, the rest were like, hey, buddy, you can't do that. And uh, they called it back. That was also uh, a Dave Schultz song, right? <laughs> Rub your butt on the goalie's face. Then, yeah, it was, uh, his, it was the the uh, the B side after his uh, mm, semi to the penalty box or whatever. The I forget what the fuck is. <laughs> we talked about it like a month ago, right? <laughs> we talked yeah, about it a month I ago. Completely and then forget we referenced what the name. it again last week. <laughs> yeah, I forget what the name. It's like "Love Me in the Sin Man or something. Dumb. It's really it's a very Dave, what I would expect Dave Schultz to have as his big hit single. If you want to call it more singles from Flyers players. <laughs> uh, what did you think of, of the calls that led to Tampa Bay's five on three? Cause there seems to be a lot of the refs were in Tampa's corner for this game. But uh, I mean, the five on three calls I got, do you remember what the plays were? If not, I can, trying like i don't remember so offhand, the... Greg, but i gotta say i gotta say as a longtime flyers fan refs yeah. never liked the flyers back to the broad street bully days oh. they just never liked them <laughs> never liked them so while they, you know if the refs are gonna hate them may as well just fight is what i'm saying uh the first penalty of the five on three was connect me 
was in the offensive zone and decided to lay out Hedman away from the puck, which seemed uh, not ideal. And then the second one I thought was really questionable because the, they were uh, Braden Point, I believe it was Braden Point, had the puck in the neutral zone. Drew comes up, slashes the stick out of his hand, but the stick doesn't break. It just kind of looked like Braden Point wasn't holding on to the stick like hard enough. I hate that's what she said. Yeah, I and, hate those calls. Yeah, I, I feel like that's really more on the guy for not being like I don't know. You should be able to hold, hold your on stick. to your stick, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course the the he got called for that. And I mean every single time the stick breaks, they call it. But I don't believe the stick broke there. And Lightning end up getting a five on three for a while. They only needed eleven seconds to score two goals. I made it five to one. Uh, but see, even with that, like I feel like that situation would have been just like that would have been the end of most Flyers games where they would have been like, oh, well, we were kind of pushing play. A couple questionable calls. Now we're down five to one. May as well mailed in. So it was nice to see them come all the way back from uh, from that uh, predicament. And uh, I think that's one of the issues people have with this team is, you know, sometimes people might confuse fight and fight. If you yeah, yes. but there there is a palpable lack of fight in this team sometimes where they seem to give up they seem to get down on themselves and this is something we we somewhat touched on yesterday on uh the bsh radio uh episode i was on but this is a very emotional team this flyers team even the veterans are emotional where they're they're very intense when they're intense, but they can also, it can go the other way. It's the seesaw effect, yeah. right? Yeah. Where they can get really down on themselves. Yeah, no, you're right. And that was a good point that I, I forgot, but I wanted to bring up that you just said that, you know, they everybody talks about the fighting majors and how they need to show like fight that way, but it really is just the, you know, when this team's down sometimes, they just mailed in. It's like, I, I want to see more of that on Saturday where, you're down. You want that team that you can never count. Yeah. Like, you're down by. Okay. The Flyers are down five one, but you know what? I'm gonna keep watching because I think they can do something. This Flyers team goes down three nothing. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go check something out right now. <laughs> what can I catch up on on Netflix? I'm gonna go lay out on the sidewalk outside my house. I'm gonna go hanging out at the local gas station. I'm not gonna watch this team. There's no chance. <laughs> I'm gonna hang out at the gas station. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna smoke some cigarettes yeah, gonna, uh, sit on a milk crate. Yeah, I'm just gonna grab a big icy and a whole pack of a whole mess of now later, and I'm just gonna call it a night. You know what I mean? It's a typical Wednesday. But I it but this is the, that was the type of game. They're down five to one. I guess the best team in the league, second best team in the league, and they push all the way back. You know, don't win, but they get a point. And I it sucks too because they had chances at the end of regulation and in overtime, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't do it, and then it took one like crazy play from Anthony Sorelli to to finally win it. But again, okay, so you know, second line didn't look great again, or not great, but they just didn't seem very noticeable. Uh, first pairing looked pretty bad. Uh, Hag and Proveroff just both had some pretty bad turnovers. Proveroff looked uh, atrocious on the Braden Point goal, where he just got and man outmuscled in front. And I I know you guys talked about on? that too about that last night too, but like I. It's just like you keep waiting for it to turn the corner and it keeps it not is, happening. Yeah, like I really just don't. I feel like that's just going to be our talking point for Pro Raw for the foreseeable future. It's just like, what? what is this? <laughs> like, What's what up, is buddy? You feeling okay? Get yeah, you, like somebody just needs like to get you an ice cream. Yeah, somebody just needs to sit down and talk to me. Like, hey, buddy, you, you know, you want to go for a walk? You want to just hang out? Please. But, uh, 
it's worth mentioning with Ivan Provorov, by the way, that Kurt has reported seeing a We Believe in Ivan Provorov billboard on 95 South. So <laughs> They're not good. If you know who is responsible for this billboard, please contact Kurt BSH. That's pretty funny, though. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a... Uh... You know, it, it's funny. I mean, we, I feel like we've ripped this team apart every week, or I do at least. Because, like, you do every week, I do every other yeah, week. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. There's just some aspects I really hate about this team. But, you know, if Profroff looked like himself, or if the penalty kill was, I don't know, 20th, talking about a completely different team, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Because they're this fine at is... five on five. They really, this they're team not blown off the doors leap, yet, right? but. They're they're fine. Yeah, this team makes that leap that they keep talking about. Yeah. If they can pull the special teams together, which we could be getting half of it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I say, how can you conceivably? This is the one thing I really take Ron Hextall to task on. How can you continue to employ Ian Laferriere uh, as yeah. your penalty kill coach when he continues to employ the worst penalty kill in the NHL or one of the worst? It's just, it's inconceivable, man. Like, they are, if they take a penalty, you can pretty much put a goal on the board for the other team. And that is the worst feeling. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, each game, it's not really an exaggeration. Each game, you can expect a power play goal against. You're already working against a one nothing lead for five to five right now. Yeah, it, it, and it's really not, like, a thing, like, like, if they were, like I said, like, even 20th or something, it would be kind of thing like, eh, you know, power, penalty kill is not great. But, like, this is just, it, it's getting to comedic levels now, where it's just every other, every single time there's a penalty. And that does, I mean, that impacts everything else. Because if you start playing, if you start thinking about not taking penalties, guess what you're going to start doing? You're going to start taking penalties. And you're going to start playing, you're not going to be as aggressive. You're probably going to sit back a little bit more because you don't want to put your team on the penalty kill because there's a good chance they're going to score. If this is the second or third power player giving the other team in the game, there's a good chance they're going to score if they haven't scored yet. Uh, I, I think it... Yeah, I, why the Perrier is still employed really is kind of baffling to me. And why... And that's the thing, too, with the goaltending. I, I think it does... It impacts the goaltending numbers, too, because the, the goaltending numbers haven't been great since Hackstall's taken over, but Elliot's numbers last year are five and five, and Elliot's numbers this year are five and five are fine. I think he's fifth in the league in terms of five and five save percentage when you uh, compare it to goalies that have played the same amount of time. And I think last year he was even better. I think he was third or fourth. So five and five, you know, it's Brian Elliott. He's not making the craziest saves out there, but he'll make the saves he has to most of the time. Might lend some shitty goals every here and there, but it it all evens out in the end. But it's the it's the penalty kill that kills this team, right? It's the penalty that it's the penalty kill that absolutely devastates this yeah. team. It just it's one of those things you could be riding high, you take one penalty, and then all of a sudden you're down. And it, look, that's how penalties work. That's how penalty kill works. But you can you cannot go out every game and pretty much mark it down as a goal is going to happen if you take a penalty. <laughs> yeah. That is just no way to play. It's no way at all. And, and I think I mean also. Back. And it's devastating for the goalies mentally and physically where 
they just are they expected to just have to make miraculous saves side to side every time yeah it's ridiculous yeah no no and when they don't have to dive across the crease to make the save uh they're getting screened very easily by the opposing you know, was... team there's really they don't do anything right on this penalty kill it's outrageous yeah and i was gonna say it was funny that i feel like uh you know steve mason i don't think he was really a polarizing goal i think a majority of the fan base didn't like steve mason if i was a guess yeah or do you think I it mean, was like split? there was his first year people loved him because he wasn't Ilya brizgalov and then i thought he was at some point people turned on yeah him. i think he was fine through 2016 17 i thought he was pretty bad last year uh he definitely became a scapegoat for this fan base at some point yeah uh but that's that's goaltenders in philadelphia <laughs> yeah yeah, it really is. Uh, but I was one of my one of my friends. Always, he didn't like Steve Mason. He said one of the big things was felt like a lot of his goals was he just couldn't see through traffic. And now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, on the way this the way this penalty kill is set up, there's always one dude uncontested right in front of the goalie. So his it's, his selection, yeah, his selective memory is probably picturing the times when Steve Mason was trying to kill off a penalty and he had to worry about somebody in front of the net and he couldn't look around him and it's because the flyers weren't even trying to move that guy in front of the net so it, it yeah, we're just gonna wave the stick around and give, you know hopefully yeah. maybe it uh, catches the puck give some of the best uh passers in the league along the the sidewalls to just kind no of do pressure. whatever they want let them yeah. do what they want they'll fall into our trap yeah. it's <laughs> it's all part of the plan guys uh the one uh the one stat i have about the uh the six to five overtime loss to Tampa Bay. Uh, since 2005, 2006, when uh, I guess the game opened up more, Fires have 16 losses where they have scored five goals or more. They're 0, 06 and 10 in those losses. Uh, Ottawa's first with 17. Chicago, Colorado, and Dallas are all third with 13. That's my. my uh, my stat. I, I feel like they've lost a fair amount of games where they score five goals or more. It turns out they are second in the league in that stat for the last 13 or so years. Again, uh, Ottawa's up there in a category you really shouldn't be up there with. Also, I don't think it's ideal to be paired with Ottawa in a lot of these categories, but, you know, again, Not really. one man's opinion. So, Just one <laughs> humble hockey fan's opinion here. Maybe you shouldn't be as bad at the Senators if you have uh, superior talent. Yeah, and one way... Just putting it out there. One way to get even more superior talent would be to land a forward who has not signed his, a deal yet, and he has until Saturday, next Saturday, to sign wow. one. That's a segue, folks. Sorry. Not sorry. Oh, we haven't gotten a... A bees reference. Yeah, all these. Uh, so there you go. All these rumors about William Nylander are percolating before the December first uh, deadline. <laughs> Normally well, that's my job. Yeah, we got to get them all now. Well, we've waited a little bit, but yeah, we we've waited a bit for the. Uh, I, I I guess the staples at this point. <laughs> yeah, but play the hits. <laughs> Regardless, uh, it's a strictly strictly eighties Billy Joel. All right, strictly eighties Joel. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I Nylander, the, the deadline's coming up. Uh, Flyers kind of we discussed this a little bit last week. They're they're not quite the, the top rumored team. Uh, sadly, I'm starting to see the Rangers really become rumored oh, cool. for Nylander. That's great. Yeah, 
it's just great. Everything's fine. This is fine. I feel like uh, I feel like the teams we touched on last week made a lot of sense. The uh, the Hurricanes and the Kings, because they could have both use some offense. And uh, or uh, maybe it wasn't. The, I thought it was the Kings, but the Hurricane the Hurricanes are far and away the the Kings were in the mix for sure. Yeah, because the Kings. <laughs> By the way, Ken Hitchcock era not starting off great. Sharks already scored. Oh, how long into the game? 45 seconds. Oh, baby. <laughs> Don Scoy. The hitch is cocking around already. Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, because the Carolina Hurricanes still don't know how to score goals, apparently, and they have plenty of defensemen to give up right now, which is what is probably the Maple Leafs uh, need. And uh, I think Maddie, I mean, Maddie had a pretty good article out a couple days ago about what what it would look like to get Nylander in a Flyers uniform. And it pretty much touched on a lot of stuff, uh, I guess, we've talked about, which was it's probably going to cost Proroff or Ghost. Or if you're not lucky, but I guess if you are willing to talk the Maple Leafs into a, a line further down, or an option further down the line, could be Sandheim, which I'm not really ideal, in, in my opinion. Not really ideal to give that up. Uh, and maybe uh, it might cost a little something more than that. It might cost the player that's on the roster right now, like a Wayne Simmons. Uh, I, you know, Nylander is amazing. And I think the only per- like player I really... It always takes a lot. You have to give up a lot to get a player like that. And I really Sure. Don't know if I would be the biggest fan of giving up Sandheim plus for him. I because uh, I really like the way Sandheim is. I mean, I don't know if I really want to give up Ghost for him either. But I mean, it's well, and especially Sandheim's really coming on of late, and looks like he's settling in, becoming that guy we really want Sandheim to be. Yeah, and again, well, and you know, if I may, real quick, the. The Flyers have been building up one of the most valuable commodities in the NHL, defensemen. Uh, to have a competent defense, let alone defensemen that can move the puck and be offensively viable, is a huge commodity in the NHL. And I would say undervalued a lot of the time. And something that you can't just give away, especially when you've got homegrown talent like the Flyers have. Like there, There's not many defenses that are built like the Flyers are in the process of being built yeah. right now. Yeah. And I mean, the idea is, and I've, I mean, I've talked about this before too, that drafting developing, one of the benefits of it is you ideally get a ton of prospects in your system. A lot of them receive hype. And then you're able to, when the time comes to, you know, make moves for the now, you have prospects you're willing to part with. And I think, I mean, that would open up the idea to trading a defenseman. It's just, I really, I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard to, you know, throw Pro Ralph in a trade room right now just because of the way he looked. But I, I don't know which of the three I really want to part with, the Pro Ralph Ghost or, or Sanheim. I guess if I had to pick one of the three, I mean, I guess, I guess Pro Ralph? I don't really know. 
I feel like. Oh, really? Uh, it's here's the question: How much are you influenced by his performance this year? Because so I, um, I don't know if it's this year. I think it's just the idea that Provorov is. I don't think I think Gossip Spirits and Sandheim's the skill sets they bring are a little bit harder to find uh, throughout the league than it is. See, that's really interesting to me because I find most of the consensus consensus is that. Provorov is the the guy, the indispensable guy, the guy you can't do without because he's the yeah. uh, more or less most versatile number one guy. Whereas uh, Gostaspera, who we both know is actually pretty good defensively, uh, even if people like to think he's a one dimensional, one way guy. Yeah. Uh, Gostas is actually like pretty close to the whole package and Sandheim's well in his way. But uh, I think the perception tends to be that Provorov's your lockdown surefire guy whereas uh gostas bear and sandheim are a little more one-dimensional um yeah. i think is sandheim's the guy be most willing to part with today but i would still hesitate yeah um, i think that's the thing is I, I i really don't know which of those three i'd want to give up and i mean if the tubas isn't dumb so there's really no way Hextall is gonna like finesse away. Is there Chiarelli? Like, yeah, it's not like you'd be like, uh, Simmons a first and a second, and then you'd be like, a deal, and then you get him. It's gonna be you're gonna have to give up a player that's gonna hurt a little. But I mean, if you get, I don't know, have Nylander connect me on one of the top two lines, or like four checks on the third line, that's kind of it's kind of bananas, in my opinion. Oh yeah, but it's uh, you know again. I still think it's pretty unlikely. Uh trade Van Riemsdyk back there. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. <laughs> uh, I, and I think, I believe if he doesn't sign by Saturday or December 1st at 5 p.m., he's then a free agent. He has to sit out this entire season and then he's a free agent in the summer of 2019. I believe that's how it works. So it really comes down to the Maple Leafs if they want to let uh, Neilander, who I think was an eighth overall pick in 2013, and that has proven to be that value on the ice. If they're willing to just let that guy go for nothing, and it's a tough situation to be in, but you gotta kind of decide if you want something for him now or to let him walk at the end of the season. Right, and something could actually be quite a big deal. Like it's not. I think teams are going to give you viable offers. Yeah. For I, a guy like this. They're probably not going to get, yeah, they're not going to get shortchanged. And even, I mean, like even there's a way they could still lose this trade, but it's still, they trade and get a, a guy who's pretty good at shot suppression and can hold his own defensively. It might be a second pairing guy for you. Maybe not ideal because it's Nylander, but at the same time, it'd be nice to get him rather than get absolutely nothing. Uh, in return also a big thing that i that maddie touched on that we didn't really talk about for uh the leafs is they are they seem to be pretty set on the left side it's the right side they got to worry about which uh i mean they have phil myers and ghost has played the right side of uh his deep pairings frequently over his career but the flyers aren't really exactly stocked in that area i guess unless uh Unless they're feeling James St. Ivney or uh, Wyatt Wiley. 
which by all means we'll give you both of those guys for Nylander right now. But sure. I doubt that's a, Go nuts. yeah, I doubt that's the way that's gonna shake out. So yeah, well, uh, where do you think? Do you think he moves? He he moves anywhere? Do you think he signs before the deadline, or do you think he sits out the entire season? I feel like. I feel like sitting out the season is just something that's not going to happen because this is hockey. This is not. Oh, see, I'm kind of feeling the opposite. Oh, I think at this point. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking he gets traded or he sits out. Although Michael, his dad was kind of uh, his dad kind of bounced around. Right. He's probably he probably ran into a few uh, contract disputes in his career about not wanting to. uh... Well, as we in Philadelphia know, you should always listen to your father when it comes to NHL contract disputes. (laughs) yeah yeah always listen to your dad on opinions of how much professional athletes should be paid and how much they should be working because that those are always grounded logical takes and uh i'm pretty sure pretty sure michael's been giving his wisdom to to willie good old big willie style there big willie style (laughs) well he's gotta come here now come on Come on. Uh, I, uh, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know, man. I'm not getting the impression he's interested in signing. Yeah. I really, unless he gets what he wants, I think he's taking a, he's pulling a Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, well, see, I think in that case, though, I don't think he's going to sit out the whole season. And I think he is going to, I think Dubas is going to part with him then. I think he's going to get traded somewhere. It's just a matter of, it's a matter of where. I want him to go somewhere real dumb. Like, I want him to go to, like, the Jets or the Lightning. And then it just becomes like a video game. Oh God, the Jets! That'd be disgusting. Yeah, be real dumb. Him and Line on the same the, line. The Lightning would obviously be disgusting, but the Jets would be filthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're looking at. It'd be fucking bonkers. Like, if you're Peter Peter Chiarelli, how are you not putting everything? Oh my God, you have yeah. into this. Like, well, this is such a no-brainer for the Oilers. I think you answered that with your the first four words of your question right there. If you're Peter, if you're Peter Chiarelli. <laughs> Once you say that, all bets are off. Like you could say any anything. other if they could bring in a Houston Oiler, not Houston Oilers. Oh, I'm so out of it tonight. <laughs> they could bring in an Edmonton Oilers. They could bring in a Houston Oilers GM. They could trade there, Warren baby. Moon. No, they could bring in an Oilers GM tonight, and he would at least have the good sense to try and make this trade. Yeah. Whereas Chiarelli's probably just like, huh? You sure you don't want to? give up i don't know like uh donald nurse darnell nurse for just straight up yeah i honestly that's how trades work right you trade all-star wingers for for defensemen they could give up uh i mean cleft bomb is you know pretty good option they give up him maybe i mean not maybe they'll probably have to give a little bit more but kneelander and that's somebody to work with mcdavid here's the thing there are lots of players that play hockey uh, globally. And I feel Is like, right? yeah, a lot of people out there playing hockey. I feel like if you're Shirelli, you should probably grab one or two of them. They're like, hey, man, look, I know you're not the best hockey player, but we're going to put you with McDavid. Hopefully you score some points. I feel like it shouldn't be that hard to find tangible players that are actually pretty well and put them with or around McDavid. So it's not McDavid who's getting nine points on the first nine goals of your team season. You know what I mean? Like there should be, there should be something else there besides you getting lucky and getting the next generational talent and then just trading away everybody around him. 
I can't even tell you how excited I am to see Chiarelli bring in Brad Marchand when he's like already like just way past, yeah, <laughs> way past his prime. Because he's going to last that long. He's going to bring in Marshan, yeah. who's going to be just like, he's going to have like one year left of effectiveness. And Oilers fans are going to be like, he did it. He did. And then the next year, he's going to be like, oh, he's done. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, buddy. He's due. I, I think he's he's on the Backus, David Backus and Andrew Ladd. Uh, th- this is the, those are probably the next two big moves for him or to get those two forwards. It feels like what she really is going to do next, but. Well, um, I mean, we talked. Uh, I mean, that's it for Nylander. That's it for Nylander. We talked, will. Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll we talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think we should. Unless uh, he magically signs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Well, is it this Saturday coming up, or is it next Saturday? Next Saturday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we got a, a little over a week here, and I mean, the rumors will probably heat up more by the time we get there. I mean, stuff's written about it every single day. It's just nobody has any kind concrete where they're actually going to go so uh and we talked about carter hart earlier i i wrote a little bit of uh some stats and things about the uh phantoms and uh we talked about carter hart not exactly doing that great on top of being pulled in the flyer or not the flyer the phantoms five the four win over the providence bruins on friday carter hart was punched in the face by michael haley on saturday against the Come springfield on. thunderbirds who are the florida panthers ahl affiliate uh, and the best gift I saw was from Brad Keffer, who it, it's heart is off screen and he has his helmet off, but you see his head kind of jolt back into the screen. Like he had taken a punch to the face. And then right after that, TJ Brennan comes over and drops the gloves with Michael Haley, which it's a nice job of stepping up by Brennan because I'm not trying to fight, uh, Michael Haley, Michael, who spells his name incorrectly. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's got nothing to lose. Because he's just a he's a wild card out there because he's illiterate even with his name. Uh, but the the fans lost thirty two to the Thunderbirds. Hart stopped twenty four twenty seven in that loss. Uh, in the win, he's allowed three goals on eight shots to put the the Phantoms down three nothing thirteen minutes in. And then Solar stopped twenty four twenty five in relief. Philip Myers' fourth goal of the season was the winner with five four fifty seven left in regulation. Torinsky had a two point game to give him three points on the season. Connor Bunnerman scored a second goal of the game or a second goal of the season. Mike Vecchioni had two assists. So that's your uh your fandoms update. Uh we hopefully will uh you know talk talk about the fans a little bit going forward. They're uh nine five and two right now, they're fourth in the Atlantic division, but it's, you know, with this franchise still focusing on drafting, developing lots of prospects in the minors. It's always good to check in to see how they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Mike Vecchioni, upon further review, just, man, that's just, that name just reeks of Phantom, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That just sounds like a Phantom's, <laughs> Phantom's yeah, life. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty exciting at the time when they signed up, but it looks like... uh it feels like Look, we've been looking for the next Peter White. Oh God. <laughs> and we found him, baby. Get ready for Mike Vecchioni. <laughs> Mike, Mike Vecchioni, Vecchioni. He's coming at you. <laughs> and uh Steve. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Many of us are thankful for family and friends this time of year. But me personally, you know it. I'm thankful for the U.S. Senate, which leads us 
to this week's game, Stephen. <laughs> center or senator? Are you ready? Oh, baby. I got eight names center locked and loaded. Or senator. Rip them off. I love this game. Full disclosure, not one of these guys is an NHL center. So suck one. But these guys are definitely uh, senators. They're definitely in the U.S. Senate, the guys that I have listed on here. Uh, uneven total. So it's not four of each. So, you know, stay on your toes. Look alive so, out there. And this isn't, just to be clear, this isn't Ottawa Senator or U.S. Nope. Senator, right? It's uh, any player that's played in the NHL this season. This season? Uh, the, yeah, this season. And believe me, I've got some I've got some misleading names on here, so you're going to love it. You got some doozies. Okay. Eight questions. Let's see if, uh, let's see if you actually know what you're talking about. Uh, first name? I don't. I don't. <laughs> Mark. I've already said Houston Oilers on this <laughs> podcast, so clearly not. Uh, Martin Henrik. Henrich. H-E-N-R-I-C-H. Hmm. Senator? He's a Democratic senator in New Mexico. So you're one for one. Nicely done. All right. I, you know what threw me off on that one was the Henry. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, Thinking of New Jersey's favorite favorite player. Yeah, well, well, I think he's probably top five in their goal scoring history because uh, New Jersey's just a fun franchise to watch. Please. They ruined hockey in the 90s. Yeah. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Uh, number two, Connor Clifton. That sounds like a hockey name. Connor Clifton. The 2013 fifth round pick. Boston Bruins. He's a 23-year-old right-hand defenseman. He has 11 pims in his first two NHL games this season. You are two for two. Lighting the world on fire. Uh, Number three, A.J. Greer. This is a good one. This this could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go center. 2015 second round pick, 21 year old left hand or left winger for Colorado. One game this year, three assists in 17 games last season, and one assist in five games in 2016 17. I think he's the most established yeah. NHL ever. So, that, that was for all you Az fans out there that listen to this uh, this niche uh, Flyers podcast. Uh, number four, <laughs> <laughs> three for three, by the way. You're going for the perfect game, and you're almost there. Craig's definitely trying to jinx that. Uh, no, I'm not trying to jinx you going a afraid on this. Having a perfect game. Uh, number four, Roy Blunt. Let's go with Senator. My favorite Senator, if you know what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 420, am I right? Is he from Colorado also? <laughs> Republican Senator in Missouri. Four for four. He, he's, he's lighting the world. Oh, he's got it. In the bag. How- I know my senators. What can I say? I, I don't even need to say these next four. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna go through the motions here because you already got it. Perfect eight for eight. Ben Gleason is your number five name. NHL. Undrafted twenty year old left hand defenseman for Dallas. One assist in his first three NHL games this season. Steve, you're five for five. I know my undrafted this Dallas is, stars. This is unprecedented. Usually. <laughs> I mean, usually you might get one right when we do these, or sometimes you won't get any right. But more times than not, you're very wrong on most of these games. So it'll be five for five. <laughs> be five for five at this point in time. It's just, you know, hopefully you're not thinking about it too much. But uh, here's number name number six. 
Don't get in your own head too much, you <laughs> jackass. Yeah. You know, I, I I think we all know you already got this, but we'll just go through these next three names. Uh, Jacob McDonald. Senator? Undrafted 25-year-old left-hand. No! Andrew's brother. Well, well, how could I forget? NHL games this season. Well, you know, I thought he knew hockey. He came very close to knowing hockey. But you're a uh, sixer. <laughs> you got two more. <laughs> you got two more. I've let down my entire family. <laughs> yeah, well, Jacob McDonald laughs in your face. He scored a goal in the big leagues, baby. How do you not know? Oh, I'm going to hand in my resignation letter <laughs> to my day job tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just going to look at you like, what? What's it? Steve, it's the one day before Thanksgiving. What are you doing? Number seven. At least keep the uh, winning ways intact. Uh, Benjamin Cardin. I'm going to go sen- senator. Uh, shout out to all my Maryland folks. This is a Democrat senator, Democratic senator in the uh, state of Maryland. So you are six for seven. It goes seven for eight. Patrick Russell. That sounds like a hockey name. Undrafted 25-year-old right winger for Edmonton. Three shots and goal in his first two NHL games this season. So, oh, you, baby. Yeah, this is going to put, what's today's date? November 20th? November 20th. November 20th. 2018. Steve pretends to know stuff. I'm writing it down in my notes right here. Steve... (laughs) I'll take answers it. a lot of questions correctly. <laughs> there you go. That's I mean, you you dominated that. Uh, that was a pretty good game for well, you. As we all know, I wake up, I look at the roster for the U.S. Senate <laughs> in preparation of the day that we play center or senator. <laughs> yeah, I figured this was a, a game week. I mean, people. I don't know how many people are going to actually end up listening to this episode because we got uh, Thanksgiving yeah, in two five, days. Yeah, probably five. I, I'm imagining everybody's going to be listening to this while they're eating their Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. Like, you know, Dad, I know you wanted to put on like just a little light jazz or something. Like, I I decided I'm going to put on Craig and Steve <laughs> making fart jokes, dunking on Cole Beasley, and saying, "Well, honey, grab the kids. We're going to sit along the dinner table, eat some turkey, and." Just listen to the boys talk about the hockey. The old stick and puck. That's what every family in America is doing. Tomorrow, oh no, Did Thursday. you pass the biscuits? <laughs> Craig and Steve. Steve thought it was the Houston Oilers instead of the Edmonton Oilers. Chortle. These Nimrods can't pronounce any name correct. It's amazing. <laughs> all right. Uh, all we got left is around the league. Let's knock this out and then pretend like this episode never happened. So around the league, we got... <laughs> Are you just that ashamed that I, I mastered your game? What? No. I I mean, I, I've always believed in you when it comes to the games. I never try sure to get you stuff, to go over 8 or anything. So uh, Ryan Strump, speaking of Peter Torelli, who we talked about a lot this episode, uh, perfected yet another amazing trade. Ryan Strump for Ryan Spooner. I believe the pronunciation on those are uh, Strame and uh, Spoenner. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that would be – that's correct. Yeah, that's one way to get there. <laughs> uh, both <laughs> players have been pretty shitty seasons. Strom has two points in 20 games. Spooner – love a shitty guy for a shitty yeah, guy. Yeah, so trade. Spooner has two old, two points in 18 games. Just two guys just, uh, you know, maybe a classic change of scenery is going to help him out, Steve. That's what we're hoping for here. And uh, 
Let's it, open. We'll do with uh, Nylander, uh, Latera for Nylander. Yeah, just switch it change up. the scenery. Because yeah. I, I mean, yeah. uh, facts are facts. Nylander doesn't have a single point this season, and Yuri Latera does. So I'm not saying that one, you know, would hold leverage in a deal. But yeah, that's once again one man's opinion. Uh, but I like how she really turned Spooner or turned Jordan Everly into Ryan Spooner. I mean, that's just uh, that's one way to just devolve a trade. I really like it. Pretty. I mean, he did the same thing with Phil Kessel, uh, where he turned Phil Kessel into the pick that got Tyler Sagan, and then he turned Tyler Sagan into Louis Erickson, and then Louis Erickson ended up in uh, Vancouver. So you start out with a great player, Magic Beans. So yeah, slowly start working. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I don't know how they got back here. <laughs> Dwight, you saw me throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's i mean that's you know that's peter shirley's finest work it's just doing that having a really good player slowly working your way down to a replacement level player so good i mean good for him everybody's gotta have their mo so uh mike hoffman's on a 16 game point streak nine goals and 10 assists uh, i decided that i feel sorry for whichever goalie ends the streak for hoffman because they're gonna have to be harassed by hoffman's fiance uh, there's a couple of injuries around the league this week. Uh, Vincent, that's a uh, that's a pretty good joke, by the way. Uh, look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Vincent Dro- Trocek, did you see this injury? It's not good. Yeah, I didn't listen to the audio. I because I heard they're screaming, but it looks pretty bad. And also to add to the absurdity, of, he's out. Uh, apparently, he's out long term, and he's undergoing surgery on said like at this time. Just a weird play into the boards. Uh, pretty gruesome. Not Kevin Ware level of grossness, but still not 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 really ideal to watch. Uh, and apparently, after this injury happened, a fan at the game—I forget who tweeted this out—it was a it was a Senators blog—that uh, a fan needed CPR in the stands, and they had to play the final period with 23 minutes. Like they uh, waited the last three minutes of the second period, and they carried it over until after the second intermission. So it's just a weird. It's a weird Senators-Panthers game uh, last yeah. night. Uh, Victor Arvidsson out six to eight weeks with a broken thumb. He could miss both of the games against the Flyers. Be a damn could shame. Playing both of them. I mean, it's, he's right, they're both of the Flyers. It would also be a damn shame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just a you know, different tone those things. But he's uh, the, the two games against the Flyers are right in that sweet spot between the six and eight weeks. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, as we learned, Last week, out four to six weeks with a broken foot, could be coming back for the December 27th game against the Flyers, so that'd be cool. Um, yeah. Matt Colin fined $1,000 for a dangerous trip on JT Miller in the 4-3 to three loss to the Lightning on Thursday. And also, he's out long-term with an LBI, classified as an LBI. So Matt Colin, not, That's a, not good a banner week. week for the 76-year-old. Yeah, uh, Luke Shen waved <laughs> eight, games. <laughs> eight games with Anaheim this season. He has zero points seven PIMs and a minus 2.9 relative Corsi 4 percentage. So for those of you not in the know, relative Corsi 4 percentage is uh, how how your Corsi 4 percentage relates to the team's Corsi 4 percentage. So he is 2.9 below the Ducks Corsi 4 percentage right now, like how they do with him off the ice. It's almost like when you're evaluating war for baseball, uh, wins above replacement, right? Like yeah. he's that much worse. Like you have guys who are less 
than replacement level. <laughs> and Luke Shen is less than replacement level, which, I mean, talking about it, sounds like the kind of guy you want to trade James Van Riemsdyk for immediately. Well, the thing is, is he's a relative Corsi 4 percentage player on the Ducks team that is 30th in the league in Corsi 4 percentage. So he is, he is bringing down a terrible possession team, which... So he's literally the worst of the worst. Is, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing good out there. Uh, he went unclaimed. Surprise. Uh, and then another former flyer. Traded for JVR. Traded for JVR. JVR reminder. Yeah. Bring back Holmgren. Uh, Sam Gagne was recalled by the Vancouver Canucks, who uh, had 15 points in 15 games on a loan to the Toronto Marlies so far this season. He had two shots on goal and a hit in his season debut against the Jets last night, where Patrick Laine had uh, a hat trick. Paul Mart retired. 320 points in 870 games. What three teams did he play for, Stephen? Uh, Paul Martin. So he was the devil. Devil. Went to the Penguins. Penguins. I don't remember the third at all. Uh, sharks. Sharks. Sharks won a cup with the Sharks. Went to the or won a cup with the Penguins. Went to the Sharks. Lost to the Penguins in the Stanley Cup final. Or that's not true at all. He was with the Penguins for a while, and then he went to the Sharks and lost them in the final uh, in that first run. So he did not win with the... He did not win with the Penguins. I think he went to the Penguins the year after they won the Cup, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then the three stars of the week are Cam Atkinson, Corey Crawford, and Joe Pavelski. Atkinson had five goals and eight points in three games. He's got 22 points on the season. Uh, Corey Crawford was 2 on one with a 980 save percentage and a shutout. So uh, thank God the Flyers didn't get that guy. Uh, 922 save percentage on the season. Joe Pavelski, five goals and six points in three games. He's got 16 points in 21 games this season. I'm glad Crawford came back from vertigo like that, honestly. Like that's oh, yeah, yeah. a tough thing to come back oh, from. Oh, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and yeah. to just come back and dominate like that, it, it, somehow dominate on a shitty team yeah. is well, that's... kind of amazing. That's been the thing. That's the thing I've been uh, saying for a while with the Blackhawks was, yeah, they were really good for a while, and there was a while there where it looked like Crawford was a product of the system because they won with Miami. Those teams were still loaded. That 2013 lockout shortened season was pretty damn good. But uh, the last couple seasons, they've been hemorrhaging chance, like high-quality chances against, and it's kind of been Corey Crawford's been bailing them out, and they lose a possession battle, and then they have enough offense with, like, Kane and saw to do stupid stuff. And then uh, that kind of just wore out. And then Crawford got hurt last year, and you saw how well they did. So he he can still make them, I'm not going to say a playoff team, because they're in a real bad spot right now, but he can still make them like in the playoff hunt late in the season, even if they don't change anything else. And they still have to you know, worry about integrating uh, Colletton's game plan in the place. See, here's the thing. We both don't know how to say names. <laughs> you know that? What even are names? Yeah, like, I, I know all the play. I, They're all made up. I know all the letters. I, You know, I see them. I believe in them. But I just, I apparently just don't know how to pronounce them all correctly. So, uh, to the haters out there, mainly Charlie, uh, you know, kick rocks. You know what I mean? We know the names. We know what we're talking about. We know these people. I know hockey. Yeah, yeah. I know the difference between a defunct football team and a current hockey yeah, team. Dude. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking about the, uh, I was talking to somebody about that, uh, Houston Oilers collapse against the bills. 
with Frank Reich, biggest collapse in uh, NFL history or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, they they because that loss pretty much was the reason why they ended up moving the franchise, wasn't it? Because it wasn't their next season like complete turmoil and like the head coach got into a fight with the player on the sideline and then they just like moved the franchise to Tennessee. That I don't recall. I thought it was something like. Let's go with it. Yeah, that's, I mean that adds to the spice of the story. We're gonna go with that. And then uh, sounds good to me. Once they went to Tennessee, uh, Steve McNair was born and uh, became eighteen in like three years, and then was a pretty good quarterback. That's my. That's the new wrinkle I'm adding to the Tennessee Titans story. The the only thing I can think of with the Titans is one <laughs> one of the two thousand uh, Tennessee Titans had gone to my high school. They're tight end. Oh, yeah. Frank Wycheck. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Frank Wycheck, Archbishop Ryan alum. Frank Wycheck, I believe, who threw the uh, pass on the uh, Music City Miracle, yeah? I think it was him. I think it was him, yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, you know, I always... Eddie George Philly guy, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Eddie, Eddie George, team. I didn't know that one, yeah. Um, I always think of... So, like, that 2010 Flyers team was just an insane team. Like, they, I I kind of wonder if the Flyers ever do win it, how much more exciting of a run they could go on that would be better than that 2010 run. And I try and think of other teams that went on, like, crazy rides but didn't win it. And I think that Titans team that year is one of those teams I always look back on because they had the Music City. They had that play where they won the game against the Bills in the final, like, whatever, like, 10 seconds. And then I believe that was the same season they went to the Super Bowl and they lost by getting tackled at the one yard line. Yep. So like that's a that's such a crazy like two of the craziest plays in NFL history happened for the same team in like a four week span. And then I also think of like the centers run a couple years ago where they were really, really I mean, they've always been really bad. But then like uh They had no business getting as far as they did. Yeah, well not uh yeah, that team, and also the uh, I was thinking of the Hamburglar, um, uh, Mike Condon. The other like Mike Condon went nuts, and was like the best goalie in the league. And they stormed back into a playoff spot, like stupid shit like that. I wonder how many teams there are, like the 2010 Flyers, like that. But the, the Titans are one of those teams. Since we're talking about yeah, the for sure, yeah, yeah. I think the only other one I could think of maybe is uh, 01 Sixers uh, AI. Uh, yeah. Went up against uh, Kobe and Shaq. And beat, yeah. Got the... Was beat, that the beat him loss? in one game. Uh, wasn't that the only loss the Lakers had that postseason, I thought? That I'm not sure about, possibly. Uh, the Tyrone Lou step-over game, just amazing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's about all we got. We got plenty, so <laughs> it's a long one. Uh, real shocker from us. <laughs> but, uh, gang... We do thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, best place is on twitter.com. You can reach Craig at sports are bad. Yeah. Uh, all I have this week are uh, return flights coming up. And that's about it. I, I mean, we all have right. the Sabres one that's coming out today. Rangers one on Saturday. Uh, Maple Leafs one on Saturday. And then on Monday or next week, I'll have the uh, NHLE report thing again. Cool. Well, keep an eye out for uh, all that great Craig content. Craig tent. Thank you. As we like to call it around these Top parts. Top 10, I think is actually what it was.
Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, you can reach me at the Fly Purbly account, or you can reach me at Estebomb. But uh, for hockey stuff, follow Fly Purbly, and uh, be sure to check out my appearance on VSH Radio this week. Yeah, it's pretty good. A lot of fun. pretty good app. Not too Enjoyed bad. It. You know, yeah. they they regretted it at the end. They were like, <laughs> "Oh God, you're not coming back." So. <laughs> But I enjoyed going. Thank you for having me on, everybody. And uh, follow the BSH Radio account and Broad Street Hockey. And be sure to uh, subscribe to Broad Street Hockey Podcast on iTunes. Rate five stars, please. Pretty please. With sugar on top. All that fun stuff. So, uh, gang, that's all we got. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. United Hate of America. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hey guys, this is John Stolness from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season. Man, the 2018 season was, well, it was interesting anyway, and the upcoming offseason looks to be even more interesting. So if you want to stay up to date on all things Phillies this offseason, subscribe to The Good Fight podcast feed and get my podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. And you'll get bonus podcasts every time big news is made with the team. Seriously, if you want to stay up to date on everything revolving around your favorite baseball team as they return to contention, make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed.